Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is madness. What did Lisa say? Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends! Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinan, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me today are my very good Star Wars friends. This is Justin, and uh, Eve Koth didn't get enough screen time in anything. Oh, no! Agreed. Uh, This is Kyle, and your focus determines your reality. Nice. An Eve Koth reference. Man. Yeah, he's severely underrated there like he had one of the most beautiful crests too i've got my clone wars wolf t-shirt on today but he had this really cool uh like black i don't know like a scorpion looking crest thing it was pretty sweet (laughs) eth caught do either of you have an eth cough uh figure do you have a in your collection i don't have that that doesn't exist right it it exists it does yeah yeah. really it's out there i believe it was on a, a green card came out after the phantom no it was it was definitely was after the phantom menace so like a card that's the color green or you it it immigrated from another country or <laughs> good call well eth Koth, he's welcome <laughs> everywhere he's universal he's universally yeah, okay. loved so uh hey everybody thanks for listening to the star wars friends we're excited to be here for episode 19 uh this is going to be the rush clovis power hour we're just going to break down his entire uh <laughs> career in the imperial yeah. senate so uh, <laughs> or i'm sorry the galactic <laughs> republic uh no no of course not we don't we can't it's going to be a two-hour show on rush clovis that's what we're going to get into obviously He's, he's my favorite character. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we hope that you all have enjoyed our latest episode, episode 18, our interview with the Galactic Podcast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, go back on StarWarsFriends.com or hit up your Apple podcast, your Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Pocket Cast, Podchase, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Go back, so listen to it. So many places. We're everywhere. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Um and speaking of which, we're, we love connecting with people everywhere, and we just hit a milestone this week. We just went over 300 follows on Twitter. Thank you. What up? It's awesome, man. It's fun. And 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 we get to interact with everybody, and Kyle puts up a lot of really fun uh, questions and interactions that we get from y'all. So thank you for sharing everything. Uh, and we hit 200 on Facebook. So that's 
that's awesome, guys. I mean, yeah. we haven't even been around for a half year yet. This is only episode 19, and uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure connecting with people all over the world, literally all over the world. So thank you for being a Star Wars friend with the Star Wars Friends show. It, it means a lot to us. Um, you know, but guys, we haven't had a proper show in a minute, um, and there's been a lot that has happened. So let's just let's kind of go down a list here uh, and let's catch up on social or not maybe not social media, but let's catch up on um, everything happening in Star Wars at least over the last I don't know week, two weeks, or, or what have you. So I know there's as a, a collector, a lot going on. As a collector, Yakface, our good friends over at yakface.com, you get them up on social. Great follow. Great yeah. follow if mm-hmm. you're a collector. They have been posting um, user-submitted photos that these people have been finding those brand-new six-inch Black Series Empire Strikes Back 40th Anniversary Edition figures at Myers. Uh, some people have found them at Walmarts. They found them in the state of Ohio, where all three of us are located. We're all, the three of us right now, we are North Coast, cent- Central, and South Coast of Ohio. And it drove me crazy to see that someone in Ohio found them at a mire. So I've been driving uh, <laughs> to the opposite <laughs> ends of the counties here to try to find those things. Have you guys had any luck finding the Empire Strikes Back figures yet? No. Me neither. I've stopped at some Myers and... Uh, <laughs> Every target within like a 50 mile right. radius, a couple times I haven't seen anything yet. I haven't even seen like your standard peg warmer stuff much at my places. Yeah. I will say, I will say though that going in, I've found like the Shadow Troopers, Leia, the Jawas, um, the uh, Knight of Ren, that whole vintage yeah. collection, they are all out there now. Like yeah. if you're missing that one, you can find them there. I literally stacks of them up there now. And it's kind of nice to actually go in and see pegs full of figures that are not, you know, the same figure, Jin or so and Snoke everywhere. So like, it's actually nice to see like different figures, but it's all figures that I already have. And I'm like, ah, man, come on. I need the new stuff. Let's go. I I agree. It feels good to see things on the pegs, but you know, it's funny that I've noticed hasn't sold. And we've talked about on these shows, um, is the Yoda Darth Maul Gold Saga Edition set that mm-hmm. they came out with? Because why? I just don't. It, it makes no thematic sense at all. Right. What is going on? Right. The, the lightsabers that you make your own sounds. Too. Those are Those everywhere. Are still. Everywhere. Those are on the pegs. Those are on the pegs, and they're stacked on the high shelf. You know where they have yeah, all the, yeah. the, the overflow. Yeah. The overflow yeah. shelf. There's yeah. just so many of them. You My know, nearest Target has a ton of. What's the bigger Black Series figure from the Solo movie? Is it... Um, oh, Moloch? Moloch, yeah. yes. They're just rows and rows of them. Same. And I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I have seen on Yak Face that uh, collectors have found them on clearance sale. But this is the thing, man. How low will it go before I pull the trigger on some of these things? Because I still haven't bought a Black Series Jin Erso because it's still on clearance at Target for $13. And I cannot justify spending... I, here, I've seen it at, uh, at what, five below? Still haven't pulled the trigger on it. So that's telling you something. I don't know how low that Moloch has to go for me to pull the trigger, but it's not low enough. <laughs> you know, I never do go into the five below. There's one yeah. sort of near one of the targets I go to, and I, I might as well just 
walk in, right? Give it a look. Well, Five Below is good because they have uh, really actually pretty decent Star Wars t-shirts and they rotate them fairly regularly. Like I found some Bounty Hunters t-shirts in there. I found a really cool OT uh, t-shirt recently all five bucks, but sometimes you'll get some goofy, goofy shirts at five below. So for example, I have this empire strikes or I'm sorry, I have a return of the Jedi shirt that has, uh, I mean, it's prominent return of the Jedi right on my stomach, but it's the Hoth sequence from empire strikes back. So, um, it's a very, it's like one of those, like, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's crossover shirt. Yeah. Crossover right. Shirt. Right. It's pretty funny. Um, so yeah, collectors go out there, go find your Moloch's, uh, get your, get your ESB 40th anniversary figs. Um, I can't wait to get my hands on them. So let's move into a different category here. So I'm going to be at galaxy's edge in less than two weeks. I'm very excited about it. Uh, it'll be my first of two trips this year. I'm going to hit up both coasts. Obviously, the second trip's going to be for celebration uh, in August, so I'm very excited about that. But if anyone has um, followed Walt Disney, Twitter, like they, there's a lot of really cool fan pages, by the way. I've, I've made mention on the show that I'm, I'm not only a Star Wars freak, but I'm also a Disney freak. So there's a lot of really good follows, like Disney Food Blog, Walt Disney World Today. Um, you can find them on all the social media channels. But what they've been doing is they've been talking about the controversy around the Rise of the Resistance ride. So there is, if you guys are unaware, the... The whole, you know, Galaxy's Edge is vacant. There, nobody's going. That couldn't be more further from the truth right now. It is actually, they are over capacity every single day and have been for the last four weeks. And what has been happening is they don't have a fast pass for Rise of the Resistance, okay? They, what they're doing is something similar to the lotteries that we did at Celebration in uh, April of last year to get into panels. You have to wait in line um, hours. I'm talking hours early. The queue? And, yeah, you have to wait in the queue. <laughs> so if the park opens at 8, you should get there an hour and a half, two hours just to wait in line, get rope drop, and then you have to load the Disney app to just get a chance to ride Rise of the Resistance. And there are many people who don't even get the opportunity to ride it. So Disney goes, okay, cool. We'll give you a free ticket you can use at one of our parks over the next three years. Now, listen, I'm paying thousands of dollars to go on this trip. I don't want that that free ticket I because I'll go back. Like, I'll pay to go back. I just right. want to go down there and ride the ride. So they are definitely having some struggles trying to find a system that is fair. Um, there's also a lot of mechanical um, issues that the Imagineers are having with this uh, ride, but they'll get through all that stuff. I'm not too worried about it. But I can't wait to ride Rise of the Resistance. Um, Smuggler's Run, which is the Millennium Falcon ride, they just introduced a fast pass system for the first time, so I got my hands on one of those. Um, very excited. And the last big piece for Disney Star Wars over in Galaxy's Edgeland is the Galactic Star Cruiser. Do you guys know about the Galactic Star Cruiser? No. So the Galactic Star Cruiser is their themed hotel where it is fully immersive. Cannot yeah. Wait okay, I take that. that back. I do know about that. <laughs> yeah. Cannot I wait didn't know it was that. called that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they've shown some renderings of what the entrance to the Galactic Star Cruiser is going to look like. It's going to be integrated right into Galaxy's Edge. So you are right on Batu. You're, you're directly in the park. So, um, you know, you get first come, first serve access to it, which is really cool. But uh, fully immersive. I, I haven't seen a price point. I've only heard that it's, it's going to be very expensive. It's going to be high. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> but I, I would be curious to see what the price would be on the galactic star cruiser 
I, you know, I'm also a big Disney fan. I've been there many, many, many times. Uh, I've stayed at tons of diff- dis- different Disney properties. And um, for the longest time, Star Wars was a little piece of Disney. And you right. could find some Star Wars things there. Um, and it's great to see this is a major piece of Disney World now. And Disneyland, of the whole Disney franchise. Huge fully incorporated Mm -hmm. you know it's got an entire section of a park dedicated to it which is unique not a lot of you know there's the pixar section and then other than that there's not a ton of super specific things like that um and it's getting its own hotel which is also that's a big deal as you know a disney um park property that's kind of a exclusive thing there's only a few of those so um it's really exciting to see disney the theme park side of Disney jumping in with two feet because they do things that are so incredible. And like you said, I'm, there are hiccups, um, the nature of trying to funnel however many people through an attraction is like, they do it better than anybody else. Even when they fail, like they fail pretty good. And when you're ambitious with things, there's probably going to be some issues. And, uh, I appreciate them taking the big swing because from what I hear, these attractions are, some of the best things at a park that's known for having some of the best attractions right. in the world. Right. Yeah, and I and, and I've 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 known people that have already written it, and they've told me yes, by far it's the best ride they've ever been on. Um, which they don't need to sell me. I like as I I was ready to go, <laughs> like I like I'm ready for it. But yeah, they've created this immersive land, and um, you know, one of the things I will say um, that they did do that I'm that I'm disappointed I'm not going to be able to experience because I held off my trip. I could have went in December, um, but I held off my trip for this ride to open. I wanted it to right. to open. I wanted them to work the kinks out. I didn't want to get stuck in a, a broken down ride, but they they removed the Star Wars names for all the food on all the food menus. So they went they uh. went from like Ronto wraps to like hot dog and a pita, like which is uh. kind of it kind of kills that immersive element to it. But regardless, listen, I'm gonna yeah. have a blast. I'm gonna check in with you guys while I'm down there often, and uh, I'm gonna give a full report to our listeners at Post Galaxy's Edge. So I'm super stoked it- about that. And if you'd like to place an order for Chris to pick you up something while he's there, you can hit him up at Chris. Oh, uh, yeah. No one is. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 20% upcharge. Let's do it. Uh, We're talking. We're going to flip this. Uh, Is there any kind of like behind the scenes info on why they made that change? Is it a food allergy safety thing? Is it a. Because I think in Pandora, they have themed names to their food. That's the um, Avatar section in at animal kingdom the, the only thing i found through all of the different disney uh blogs and sites i follow is that it was just due to consistent um complaints it was just customer just service confusion. complaints. yeah okay. yeah and that's mm. the thing i that's why i don't understand why they haven't figured out this ride queue system for rise of the resistance yet because it has been constant complaints for mm-hmm. for going on 40 days i mean you're looking at 40 days of constant headaches people having to get up way too early just to go wait in line to do the lottery. I mean, you guys remember the lottery system at Celebration. Yeah. Some, and it's it's disappointing yeah. when you don't get one. Right. It is. And, and, and yeah. you know, at Celebration, people travel from all over the world, just like Disney. So hopefully, fingers crossed, um, they'll figure out a system for everything.
everybody, but also fingers crossed that I get on that uh, <laughs> ride in the first couple boarding groups. All right, let's uh, let's move on past Disney here. Another piece of cool news, a little nugget. I don't have a ton of information about this, but we shared the info on our uh, Star Wars Friends group thread. Our boy, Mark Hamill is going to be voicing the immortal Skeletor in for the, him. Yeah, in the He-Man, yeah. the Kevin Smith <laughs> He-Man. Um, so I don't, like I said, I don't have a ton of info. They released the cast list on um, the internet. There's this tons week. of names on there that you'll recognize, household names all over it. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So, of course, Mark Hamill, top billing as Skeletor. I can't wait. Obviously, his voice work as the Joker in the Batman the Animated Series is among some of my favorite voice work I've ever heard. Um, so I, I just know he's going to kill it now i didn't hear him do chucky did you guys hear mark hamill's chucky i didn't see that movie Mm -hmm. personally um i know he he did that small voice um for that small part in the rise of skywalker the little blue resistance character uh, at the very beginning do you know who i'm talking about yes who yells down through the thing he did that uh he also did the joker in a in a ton of things the video games that's right the, the killing joke uh, movie, the full length movie, uh, the animated series, of course, but he's he's amazing. His voice work is top top notch. Do you know Mark Hamill also appeared as another character in The Last Jedi in the casino in Canto Bite? So remember the little alien that was putting coins into BB 8? Mm. He was drunk yeah, and he was still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Mark Hamill. Yeah, and, and, yeah, so it's fun if you go back and rewatch that because you can totally see they they also animated him similar to yeah. you know his kind of um, his characteristics his facial features but you can totally tell it's Mark Hamill it's a great little bit that they put in there um, so yeah excited that, that, to see that show it'll be good oh yeah I can't wait I was never a huge fan of He Man um, it just wasn't I mean still it's just not a very good let's be clear it's not a very good story I mean it's a, well it was made to sell toys it, that's <laughs> right. like well documented right. in the they made the toys and then they made the TV show because they had the toys so right. it's it is what it is yeah. but those guys, they those guys watch were the, brilliant though marketing wise oh, they yeah. were brilliant oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you watch that the, the toys that made us that episode yes those yeah. guys just killed it left and right and they just kept going and going and it, <laughs> it grew to something far bigger than they thought it yeah. would so I, I guess awesome. they're cool though. Kevin, cool. Kevin yeah. Smith is going to kill that script. So it, yeah, it's yeah. going to be really cool. All right. Next piece of business here. Fallen Order. Jedi Fallen Order, the incredible video game that we've all played. We still haven't done a full show recap. Did you guys know that this was the fastest selling digital launch of any Star Wars game uh, in its first two weeks of sales? It's, it has sold, as of January 2020, 8 million copies. Jeez. That is crazy. Sequel. Good job, Star Wars. It, 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 sequel. You read my sequel. mind. Yeah. Yes. It's great. It, and it, it, there's more than enough narrative space for it, right? Yes. Agreed. Or, you know, we can always pick up on a different Jedi. It could be totally tangential. Yeah. It could be a whole different mm-hmm. thing. There's yeah. tons of options. But and the next one, they'll let you change his pants along with this poncho. <laughs> no, the, Man, pan, the if pants I have got to stay. Three shirt, things I'm you can telling change. you. That'd be. <laughs> It'd be huge for me if anybody's listening out there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, with 8 million copies sold, my goodness, maybe if anything, we'll get some downloadable content. Um, that is a lot of games. For a a half Wars a billion ponchos. <laughs> right. Let's keep getting more ponchos. <laughs> that's what, that's why it sold really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People love the poncho. I, right. Right. This is sarcasm. Don't do that. I want a shirt. Give me a shirt. I want to wear some robes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, another piece of Star Wars entertainment news. Taika Waititi 
uh, as we know, director of, in The Mandalorian as well as voice of IG-11 won his first Oscar ever for, uh, what was it? Was it Best Adapted Screenplay of Jojo Rabbit? That uh, So hot right now. Oh, he's great. <laughs> Did you see the video of him putting the Oscar under his, uh, under his chair? Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That, that was. I weird. was always under the impression that they had to give had to those give back, back right afterwards yeah. and get them engraved or some process or something. I thought so too. Uh, so I'm kind of confused on how that. Yeah, um, I've seen the video or the, the picture right. or whatever. It's. I mean, it happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember. I remember when Leo got the first one and he was backstage getting it engraved though, and they were like, "Oh, you go do this," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I wouldn't know." Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that uh, yeah, so that that was cool. Good for him. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I the, you know the the rumor du jour is that he's going to be given his own movie. He's made some comments. They've interviewed him. Like, hey, you going to get your own Star Wars movie? He's like, dude, I would love it. I mean, why wouldn't I? You know, definitely got a style. I think you can feel between Jojo Rabbit and and the Thor movie he did, which are probably his two biggest movies that I know of, uh, or at least that I watched. He's got that kind of silly fun, uh, but then also able to create an emotional moment. I think he's, he's doing a good job. I'd like to see him do whatever he feels like he can do a great job of. Agreed. And, and you know, I, do you ever watch, um, what we do in the shadows? Mm-mm. Which, Oh man, that's well, we're getting a little off base on a star Wars podcast, <laughs> but, uh, Taika Waititi's what we do in the shadows. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. So, yeah, all right, let's keep moving on the entertainment side of things. Uh, the Cassian Andor series is set to film this year, uh, as Diego Luna has put out there. And we did a poll on, um, on the star Wars friends, Twitter, where we asked everyone, what are you most excited about? Is it the Kenobi series? Is it the Cassian Andor series? Um, you know, I even had WandaVision on the poll, which was, Clone uh, Wars. you know, Clone Wars yep. and, uh, Kenobi. Kenobi won out big time. However, I will give, you know, I'll give our listeners and our followers props um, for giving the MCU some representation because I'm a huge MCU fan. I know uh, Vic is. I know that we, you know, Vic's a huge MCU uh, fan. Um, So to see some love on WandaVision, because that show looks pretty cool, man. It looks interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Kenobi blew that door down. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, it's, that's the other thing I want to do a Kenobi speculation show. Let's put that on the list for later. Cause I want to okay. talk about what, what we're excited about for the Kenobi series. Cause I'm still trying to figure that out. Am mm. I, are we just yeah. excited that you and McGregor's coming back or I think what's that's the a big story? part of it. You know, what's I, I really do. Cause he's, he's beloved, right? He's, he was the standout character from the prequels for a huge chunk of people. I think I, and that he's been out of star Wars for so long. He doesn't attend tons of the conventions and the celebrations and things like that. And people love him. He's a great actor. He's fun on screen and off. I think everybody's excited to see him be involved again. I think that is a big part of it. Yeah, no, it is. I I, I mean, obviously I, I, he's, he's just an incredible actor, really put life to Obi-Wan. Um, but I just, from a story standpoint, I'm still scratching my head. Let's speculate later. Let's uh, let's yeah. move on. <laughs> so we have uh, we've been now two months removed from the rise of Skywalker, and we have yet to hear Ryan Johnson chime in 
on his reaction to the rise of Skywalker. He just has, I say he still hasn't really, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, there's been definitely some, uh, what are the, what's the vague tweeting or, uh, cause it used to be when I was on Facebook three, four years ago, it used to be called vague booking where you really wouldn't talk about something. It'd be like <laughs> passive aggressive. Ryan Johnson. Well, you're about been, to read the quote. Read yeah. It. Yeah. So he, Here's the quote. He was asked uh, at the Academy Awards what his reaction uh, was to seeing The Rise of Skywalker. So, quote, Ryan Johnson, I had a blast, man. It made me so proud. And seeing the heart and soul that J.J. put into it, seeing my friends who were in the movie bring the whole thing to a conclusion. Yeah, for me as a Star Wars fan, it was really a special experience. End quote. So Big. That's a non-answer to me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's yeah. the equivalent of... Ah, I'm glad everybody had a good time. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. I was glad to see my friends wearing it. Like, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, if, uh, down the road something will probably come out. I hope something comes out, but he's still I, trying to get I those movies. So, I want to say I don't want him to come out and trash the movies. I, I, I don't. It's not. It's not good for the franchise. It's not good for the fandom. It's not good for anybody. I don't want to hear him come out and no. talk trash. Well, but I think he is being intentionally vague and not taking a hard stance at all for sure. Cause like I said, right. he's trying to get those, he's trying to get those movies. I know he's still in the running to get his own trilogy. Um, but I, what I'm hoping for is down the road when I'm 60 years old, I get the Ryan Johnson memoir where he goes full disclosure. His on tell a, all yeah, right. Yeah. Right. The, like the Anthony <laughs> no Daniels holds book barred right? expose. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, but on the to counter Ryan Johnson, J.J. Uh, Abrams was asked recently at a some function. It wasn't like a big Academy Awards. It was just some gala for celebrities and people that are you know, just cooler than us, right? So <laughs> it was this whole thing uh, where they asked him his reaction. It, I, it was some magazine. Who was it? It was a it was a pretty big magazine that asked him. Empire Magazine had asked him. There's only like six magazines now. No, so. yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> they but they asked him uh, what his reaction was to fans negative reaction to the movie and his uh response was well the reaction was good was bad some people hated it some people loved it it was all over the place to those who didn't like it i totally get it respect it to those who loved it i'm grateful obviously a lot of people worked a lot of hours to do something they would make people feel good and that they'd love and then um it kept going on. Anytime someone doesn't like it, you think, oh, yeah, I could have done that better. I should have done that. You try to take it in, but for the most part, I'm incredibly grateful to everyone who worked so hard to do it. And for the people who saw it and loved it, I'm grateful to them, too. Uh, I watched the video. I don't know if you guys watched the video of that. I wish I would have pulled up the audio for it. He was very J.J. Abrams, like, rushed through that whole, like, the whole answer. Um, and really... I don't yeah, know, but but at least it seemed like an answer where he's like, yeah, a lot of people liked it. A lot of people didn't like it. It is what it is. I made it. It's out there. It's for people to decide what they like. He's I don't, he doesn't sound like he's upset with it. Like, I think no, he you're, no, yeah. genuinely wants to, like, please a lot of people. But versus Ryan's answer where it's like, yeah, it was out there. <laughs> like, you know, what I mean? right. yeah, the movie is exists. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's a very vague answer so i think he was just basically saying yeah there's people that like it there's people that don't like it that's part of star wars there's characters that we love and don't love and it is what it is so you're either going to make peace with it or you're not so hey, which I fan think, are you 
I think both answers are pretty vague. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're if you're a Star Wars person who's reading the comments of the directors who made the film to see what they think about the, what the other people think of. I mean, you're in this pretty deep <laughs> yeah. already. So I think the to say some people liked it, some people didn't. That's not really that's common knowledge. You know, about both of yeah. the last two movies and somewhat all of the last three. But yeah. I think. That's a different thing. Uh, I honestly, I feel bad for JJ Abrams and for Ryan Johnson. Frankly, they, I think they took big swings. One of them landed way better for me than the other. Uh, some people love both. Some people love one or the other, you know, in both directions. And, uh, I think they've both gotten kind of a lot of hate for it, which is Mm -hmm. regardless of how you feel that's unwarranted. And I, I think they probably both feel bad sometimes, just because they didn't make people happy or whatever. And I hope they yeah. don't all the time, but I'm sure in JJ's response, that's reflected because he knows there's people who are unhappy and this is something that was important to him and he tried hard. And I was the first person to say out loud vocally that I didn't love it and I still don't, but I don't think he did a bad job on purpose. You know, I think no. he no. tried to make a movie that people would like and I, it didn't work for me. No, and and I, I agree. I agree with what, what both of you had said. Um, you know, I don't, uh, he, he didn't create division. So that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't stoke the fires as some directors might have, or would be sensitive to the, some feedback. My only thing is this. I think that Ryan Johnson, um, and JJ Abrams, you're right. They, they definitely, they're going to have to live with these choices that Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. Uh, allowed them to make because I still feel that they were so disconnected from the story group or, or that you know, there was no one reigning in the overarching story of the sequel trilogy. So they're just going to have to live with those choices. But it also, I'm not necessarily questioning J.J. Abrams as much for The Rise of Skywalker as I am Chris Terrio because the interviews that he has done, um, he is wildly all over the place um, mm. in his responses to criticism and some of the choices they made. And it even made me um, tweet out, you know, I, I had a thought the other night. I forget what I was, I was making food or something. I was like, man, I, I seriously, my brain was just talking to itself. And I, it was like, has Chris Terrio ever watched a Star Wars movie? <laughs> like you, uh, you would think he's come across <laughs> one. Right. I, don't know. I mean, uh, anyways, okay. That's a whole different show. <laughs> we are here uh, tonight for something very fun because as of the release day of this episode, episode 19, we will only be ooh, two, three. It's coming out on Tuesday. Clone Wars drops on Friday, February 21st on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. So, that would give us what three, three sleeps nights away, three sleeps yeah. away. So with that, we're going to get into the juicy Clone Wars season seven. So excited to talk about this, but before we before we get going into the meat of the Clone Wars, um, you're, you're introing the Clone Wars so sexually. It's juicy and meaty. There we go. You know, I, mean, I, I love it too. But you, well, you know. we were talking about you and earlier and Obi Wan, and I'm just getting a little hot on the, the everybody's blood is pumping. <laughs> I'm excited. I am excited. And um, yeah, man, this is, we've talked about this on the show before. What a time to be alive as a Star Wars fan. This era that we live in now, love or hate Disney and the choices they made. They, 
you know, they canceled Clone Wars and here they are bringing it back so that they can have a proper conclusion of these stories. Twice, that, really. You're mm-hmm. right. You're right. Um, but this is this is Dave Filoni, right? This is his final creative push. These are the, the episodes that they were developing when it was canceled. So we finally get to see some clarity and some uh, conclusion to this entire massive story that they laid out in front of us. And with that... Um, Kyle actually was preparing some notes uh, pre-show about some of the history of the Clone Wars. And it was interesting that prior to the Clone Wars that we know and what you guys have access to on Disney+, Plus, there was this illustrator named Gendy Tartakovsky, who's a well-known illustrator, has done a lot of um, Cartoon Network programs. The, the original Clone Wars actually is is vastly different from the Clone Wars that we all know. I mean, the animation style was not digital. It was, um, I mean, I'm sure there were some digital elements to it, but it was clearly um, old school animation compared to what we get in the uh, boundary pushing Clone Wars. Um, but this it was, was 2D, right? That was yeah, like the main 2D. difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And what happened uh, in season one, uh, and I believe it actually moves into season two, those these episodes were only three to five minutes long. They weren't the 22 minute runtime that we get with the Clone Wars. Um, And then in season three, they did a couple episodes that were about 15 minutes. But really, this is uh, it's no longer canon. You can probably find these episodes on YouTube. I will tell you that um, my my recommendation to find these is to go to a secondhand record store or some type of record DVD exchange because you can pick them up for probably 15, 20 bucks a pop. And they are worth every penny, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I am a huge fan of the Gendy Tartakovsky uh, Clone Wars. Um, But yeah, you'd have to really enjoy the the animation style of like Dexter's Laboratory. Um, He also did a show called Samurai Jack that was a Mm. a pretty popular show. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's the type of animation style you're going to get. But you're also, the one takeaway before we dive into the history of the Clone Wars is that Mace Windu is actually a badass in Gendy's uh, version of the Clone Wars. It's actually um, really fascinating. So if you were disappointed and not seeing a lot of badass uh, Mace Windu um, in the Clone Wars, go check out Ang- the Gendy series. Jedi. Oh, he's... The Angry he, Jedi? He murders. I mean, it, like <laughs> I think the second episode, he takes out like a thousand, like 1,000 <laughs> uh, battle droids. It's just wild. It's wild. So anyways... Let's dive into where we're at now. So, Kyle, take us into some of the history of the Clone Wars here. Yeah, so it actually began, the original release was a theatrical release on August 15th in 2008. This was a collection of, I think, three episodes uh, that they just kind of put together into a movie so they could release it and kind of it was basically to promote the movie and build interest and, and get it on to cartoon network, uh, which it did debut on, on October 3rd, just a couple months after that theatrical release. Uh, it takes place over the course of three years between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith. Um, so we already know that season seven is coming up to right where revenge of the Sith is, is going to start. Yeah. Uh, it was Created by George Lucas. I don't know that everybody always realizes this because it's kind of Dave Filoni's baby. And I think that is warranted because he did the legwork. But these main ideas um, were George's and he was involved in the whole process. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that George Lucas, um, you know, when these came out in 2008 and, and subsequent years, George got a lot of heat for these, especially because of Ahsoka. You know, he, mm -hmm. George was the one that was taking the brunt. Filoni was in the background. Nobody, Filoni never really became a household name until later on in the Clone Wars and then obviously in the Rebels. Um, right. Filoni, he, you know, he joined Lucas. Lucas actually recruited him. He did uh, animation for a show called The, the Last Airbender. Um, Avatar. 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 That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, Avatar, the last airbender. You're right. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, you know, he's a wildly talented animator, but he was what George liked about Dave Filoni is his, his ability to tell stories. But yeah, I mean, George mm -hmm. Lucas, this is his baby. This is his project. He signed off on everything. This was not the expanded universe where George was like, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, yeah, whatever. Me, and the then track. I'll make my movies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. No, George was actually creatively involved with every single one of these episodes. So yeah. All right. So sorry to interrupt. Kyle. You, no, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And that is how Dave Filoni became the prodigal son of star Wars because they sat at the table at Skywalker ranch and hashed this stuff out and how it was all going to work. And there's the fun story about, you know, Dave Filoni said it in a million interviews, but George said, Oh, and you know, Anakin had a Padawan and Dave goes, no, no, he didn't. And he goes, yeah, yeah, he did. It's this girl. And now, uh, you know, and that this whole thing comes up <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and now Ahsoka is known as Dave Filoni's baby, which is, yeah. she is in a way, but you know, there's that whole thing. So, uh, George and Dave, they were the main guys running the show. Um, after the first five seasons in early 2013, they canceled the show. This was shortly after Disney bought Lucasfilm. Um, basically, the story goes that they didn't want Cartoon Network airing their property, so they yanked it when season six was already being worked on. Boo! Um, yeah, boo to them, but it turned out, I guess, ultimately okay. Um, so there was some kind of weird, I don't remember the wording, but there was some kind of weird announcement. They didn't say it was canceled. They said they were going to take a break from it or put it on hold yeah, it wasn't, or something. They didn't even say hiatus. Something non-committal yeah. like yeah. that. But um, season six, they are affectionately called The Lost Missions. They were released on Netflix. Um, a year later in March 2014. Um, there's a huge list of writers and creators on this show, including Dave Filoni, like we already mentioned, and a ton of other people. But a fun little anecdote is that uh, Katie Lucas, daughter of George Lucas, has written at least seven different episodes yeah, for the series. That's a really cool fact. I, I want to go back. I knew that she did some writing. I want to mm -hmm. see what episodes she wrote. And it's fascinating to think if um, she might jump into The Mandalorian at some point and write an episode for, for, for that show. I didn't even think of that, but yeah. there's no reason she couldn't, you know? Right. Um, in 2010, they were presented with the Guinness World Record certificate, naming them the most watched sci-fi animation on television at <laughs> the time. That's a crazy, uh, obscure <laughs> Guinness World. Record. I, yeah, right. I know. I, I basically want. I couldn't find any numbers on how many people watched yeah. it, but that this is to illustrate that it it is and was popular. People mm -hmm. were watching yeah. the show. Um, people of all ages. Uh, seasons one through four were 22 episodes each. Season five had 20. Season six had 13. And season seven's going to have 12. So Ooh. that's something like 
8,800 and 8,821, 128, 130-ish episodes yeah. of The Clone Wars total. That is, that is wild. And uh, how many times have you watched the entirety of the series? I will tell you that I have watched the entirety of the series three times. So multiply <laughs> that by 128 or whatever it is by three. I'm embarrassed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it at least five or six times. Oh, really? Yeah, more least, than me. Yeah, know. potentially seven or eight. Yeah. Wow. I'm probably in the same boat as Chris with three. Yeah. I'm on my I'm on my fourth now. I think. Okay. So yeah. Well, I know I watched it in its entirety before all three Disney movies came out. I watched it in oh, its okay. entirety before both of the celebrations I went to. I watched it in its entirety before this season seven came out and, you know, once or twice just for fun. So (laughs) that's quite a few. (laughs) There are some arcs though. There are some arcs that I have definitely put in some hours behind. So like the Mortis Mm -hmm. arc, I've watched a lot. Mm -hmm. Obviously um, the, the last Ahsoka arc, um, you know, those come to mind as episodes that I've watched frequently. Um, But I also will put the Clone Wars on as background. Uh, a lot, a lot, you know, um, it's just such a great show. Uh, do either of you have any of the Blu-rays or do you have any of the sets, the DVD sets that they've released? I don't, I wish I did because Mm -hmm. there is some really great, uh, bonus content. There is. Uh, Records, commentary, uh, actors, commentary, interviews, and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's also cool because you get to see the storyboards and things like that. But another, I mean, this is the same tip that I have for the Gendy series. Go to a local exchange, DVD exchange. You will, you will, it'll take some time to piece it together. But I pieced my Clone Wars Blu-ray set together over the course of like three weeks, and I think I spent forty dollars on all the seasons total, total. Okay. total. So um, it, it, yes, you get all that bonus content. It's awesome. Now, one another fun nugget that I have: if, if you can find this book, you can't go on Evil Bay, you can't go on, um, you know, Amazon or whatever. But do you have you guys ever seen the the art of the Clone Wars book? The fabled art of Clone Wars book. Yeah, I'm aware of it. I've never had my hands yeah. on one. I got mm-hmm. it literally right behind me on my bookshelf. It is, uh, and I found it at a half price books in somewhere in northeastern Ohio. And every now and then, half price books does a fifty percent off coupon. And mm. I took that coupon because this is a wildly expensive book. If you try to buy it online, I think I paid mm. 60. It was 120 uh, and I had that wow. 50% off coupon um, and found it. But if you guys, if any listeners get a chance to get that book, if you don't have it, it is, uh, it is massive. It is gorgeous. And it makes me very excited for the Art of Rebels book that, that's coming out soon. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to definitely buy that retail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I already have my pre-order on Amazon ready to go. Um, there are two versions of that book coming out. There's a special edition, and then there's the standard. Um, price difference is like 60 bucks. So I did have the special edition ordered, and I kind of scaled back. I was like, oh, I don't need the I don't need the light-up lightsabers on the cover for an extra 60 bucks. i got to pay for celebration. All right, so fun fact, fun fact about Clone Wars before we get into what we think is going to happen in Season 7. Do either of you know Dave Filoni's favorite character in the Clone Wars? Would that be a Plo Koon? Plo Koon? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually, I was going to share another little anecdote that when you were talking about um, Dave Filoni working at Avatar The Last Airbender, he's, you can find it, he's told this in interviews multiple, multiple times too, but um, he wore a Plo Koon 
cosplay to a convention. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. He, um... <laughs> He's been a big fan since the prequels, since he first showed up. I guess he just likes the look of him. But he incorporated him into the show quite a bit and made him the one who found Ahsoka, which I think is also a little personal thing. I I like to try and pick out his little personal touches, and I think that's one of them. Yeah, and, and I gotta I gotta be real with you. I there's not a lot of those uh, secondary Jedi that I that I personally like um, as far as like enough to say that they're my favorite. Um, you know, what comes to mind is like Kit Fisto and uh, Luminara Unduli. <laughs> you know, like they're not. Um, uh, not Barris. Eth Kong. Not a Barris fan. Uh, I'm a Barris fan. I am totally a Barris fan. Rub Kyle the wrong way. Traitor Barris. I am totally a Barris fan. I was really hoping she was going to be the second sister in Jedi Fallen Order. Um, but she should be. She's evil. Oh, totally evil. I love her. Um, yeah, Eth Koth. You got uh, I'm a Gundy. Um, who is the other? Who is the uh, the Moff Tech? Uh, you got um, uh, what's oh, the Fall Madama. Do either of you know the the Fall Madama? Yeah, yeah. Shakti, Shakti. Did you guys read the Reddit on Kiatamundi? Ayla Sakura. No, there's a Reddit oh, on Kiat. Yeah. No, oh, he's responsible for the Revenge of the Sith. <sighs> Because burn him, if he, burn him at the his, stake. His, his, is it because he never showed up to the council meetings? He was always <laughs> checking in. <laughs> right. He was always a hologram. Never showed up. Never. He, so it was a. It's a post on Reddit, and it's um, basically how he's responsible for it. Because had he never asked about the droid attack <laughs> on the Wookies, Yoda would have oh. never left uh, Coruscant to go over with them, and ended up. You know, because he would have gone with Anakin yeah. and Mace yeah. most likely to confront the Emperor, and it wouldn't have, and he it wouldn't have happened, right? So, and then oh, the would have died, but well, and Kiatamundi <laughs> was uh, a big one to accuse Ahsoka right off That's the bat, right, right yeah. away when she right was, away. yeah, when she was on trial. So, it's uh, it's Kiatamundi is is traitorous. Man, that, that <laughs> well, he that had all... multiple wives too, so his <laughs> yeah. were already. Yeah. He did. Oh my god, I love this. All right. So, um we're going to let's dive into season 7, but before we do, uh that we got to give mention to someone who makes Clone Wars what it is right off the rip, right when the show starts, you get this beautiful fanfare written by uh, Kevin Kiner, who's uh, the composer of all the, the music on the Clone Wars series. And right after that fanfare, you get this beautiful, deep voice, uh, this, this gentleman named Tom Kane, wonderful voice actor uh, or voiceover artist, Tom Kane. Um, I'm going to do a little experiment, have a little fun here in the Star Wars Friends. This is something we haven't done yet, uh, something goofy like this. I'm going to do my best Tom Kane um, impersonation, which is probably going to be terrible, uh, but I hope that it makes good <laughs> podcasting. So let's set it up. Um, and just so all you listeners, I've also asked uh, Justin and Kyle to prepare a little little ditty, little Tom Kane ditty. So I'll do mine first, and it's probably going to be awful. Uh, so let's try it out. I, I know I can't do it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> 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 
unpredictable predicament as the Kwakian monkey lizards rain from the sky, Anakin Skywalker, with the assistance of beloved Jedi Master Pong Krell, attempt to stop a separatist plot to destroy the podcast reactor core on the planted internet, hoping to silence all radio resistance. Darkness falls as the Star Wars friends join the Jedi to prevent this deadly siege. How was that? Was that a good that time, Cam? Good. I get that. Good. Like a minus. Yeah. I was, was out of breath good. the whole time. I couldn't breathe. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's a little fun. Dude, I always. Tom Krell? Yeah, beloved. I wrote, I wrote yeah, beloved Jedi Master. That. <laughs> they they did not love Pon Krell no. on the clone side at all. Not at all. His own mom might not. It's horrible. <laughs> right. But the 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 hallmark to me with Tom Kane, he always starts him off with like something like super goofy, you know, like asteroids. Or he, yeah. he just goes right into it. You're like, what? So I, <laughs> it's like, you know. Anyway, He's all right. Good with the hook. Yeah. <laughs> who wants to Who wants to give it a shot next? Who's ready to go? All right, I'll go. All I'll right. go. Let me hit you with this uh, beautiful music here. Can you count me in? I'm not sure I know when to start. <laughs> all right. <laughs> War has spread across the galaxy. The Republic and the Separatists wage battle over the rise of Skywalker and its divisive plot lines. The small planet of Earth, engulfed in the Raylo battle, reaches out to the Republic for help. To resolve the conflict, the Jedi Order has dispatched five of the finest Jedi Knights to help peace the small planet. <laughs> <laughs> you threw in the rise of Skywalker. Oh, oh man, your guys is just like way yeah. better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, Mine's like a, a, a normal, like it would be on the show one. This is a fun game. I like this game. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, that was good, Justin. Did you switch up his music? No, no, that's okay. a, no, it's the Clone Wars right. intro. But it sounded no. I the main the main intro sounded normal, and then after it, something sounded different. Oh, I don't know. it I'm might crazy. be. I'm full. Yeah. Well, no, I think you know the thing with Clone Wars is that after it like, does that big swell, I think it does yeah. kind of differentiate diff- with uh, whatever episode you're listening to. Oh, uh, okay. Um, that so could be. I, I'd have to pay attention a little bit more to to each episode. But you let me know when you're ready, and uh, you know what, spin it. I'm ready whenever you are. <laughs> Hell yeah! Good. All right, let's go. Blinded by the dark side, the Jedi Council has begun to unravel the mystery of how the clone army was created and now fear the Sith Lord Count Dooku was behind it. Master Yoda searches, and while in deep meditation, he's able to contact the spirit of Qui-Gon Jinn, who reveals Yoda that he must manifest his consciousness after death if he is to preserve the Jedi Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it is. You are creating a, a Clone Wars plotline. I well, I it. actually copied one, but oh. <laughs> oh, shit. was that from the Lost? Oh, that was from the Lost Missions. That's yeah. from uh, yeah. Was, oh, man, okay, yeah. All right, Qui Gon, you got that in there. No, that's good, man. Kyle cheated. He took the real. Admitted immediately. Well, that was uh, that was good. That was fun. Uh, Tom Kane is uh, he's got a voice. That guy has got a voice. He's the voice of Yoda in the show, I think. Too is that his I, other main? Yes, movies? yes. And and I will tell you that. Um, well, I can't. I I want to look back. If is Tom Kane the voice of Yoda in season one? Because 
the uh, season one Yoda is rough. Even the animation's rough uh, for Yoda season one. Count Dooku. Let's just get this. Let me get this off my chest before we dive into this. Why did they allow him to have that elongated head the entire <laughs> series? You know, I get it if it's like he season does have a long one. Face. Like, have a long face. like everyone else like, eventually looks normal. I'm like, yeah. what is going it's on with weird. the little... that strong jawline? And yeah. I don't know. it's wild. It's like a tiki. It's like a real life tiki head. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. He was actually voiced in the in the pilot or in the theatrical release by um, the act. I'm blanking on his name. The actor from the movie, not Christopher Lee. Was he Christopher Lee? Yeah. And- yeah. Christopher Lee, and then it was taken really? over by by the the other voice actor after that. Yeah, because a lot of uh, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson also did Mace Windu for that, and then it was taken oh, over. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, uh, other people always did their role. I know um, Anthony Daniels was always the That's voice. Right. Of yep, where he popped yep. up, and um, Liam Neeson came back, and he was yeah. Qui Gon in the two or three episodes. Oh, the, uh, there was another one on Mortis too. So maybe four episodes he did something I, like that. You know, someone who never came back to do their voice. And I, I made a reference to this on a recent star Wars friends podcast is Ian McDermott never came back to voice. Um, Darth Sidious yeah. or that was voiced by different people. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, just terrible delivery. Oh, just foul, foul. Who, so whoever the is trying to be Chancellor Palpatine or Darth Sidious, just give up. Just please don't bring him back for season seven. That's a unique voice. Yeah. So, all right, let's dive into season seven. We're so close. We're three sleeps away as, as of the release of episode 19 of the Star Wars Friends. Um, this seems like a long time coming. We got mm. this announcement a long, uh, almost a year ago. Uh, at Star Wars Celebration that this was going to come back on Disney Plus it was going to be you know early 2020 here we are February 21st is going to be the first episode of this 12 episode season and it looks like I got the release schedule right right in front of me and it looks like this is going to be every single week they're not going to miss a week from February 21st all the way through May 8th so the, you're going from winter to spring Get with brand new Clone Wars. And no Could have done the finale on May the 4th if anybody's listening out there in the world. <laughs> <laughs> missed opportunity. Missed opportunity yeah. for sure. I, w- I was wondering yeah. the same dang thing myself because they have episode 11 dropping on Friday, May 1st, and episode 12 on May 8th. But, you know, they've already dropped the ball on May the 4th with the Baby Yoda merch that was promised mm. to come out on the 4th. Um, the only thing that I have on pre-order that is still locked into May 4th is that beautiful Boba Fett uh, helmet, that uh, that Black Series Boba Fett helmet that's coming mm-hmm. out. Um, that's the only thing that I've pre-ordered that still has that May 4th release date. So anyways. That's another character voiced by their original actor in The Clone Wars, too. To Who's that? Bring it back. In. Daniel Logan? Uh, Daniel Logan, yeah. He played young Boba. Yeah, don't test me. I know my Clone Wars brother. <laughs> well, yeah. I only I only say that because I, I I couldn't imagine that he was the right age to voice that. But I guess he is. He did a little falsetto. Yeah, you know, right. they could have pitched yeah. they could have pitched know. his voice a little bit. Um, so with season seven, we Kyle, you already mentioned that Disney canceled this while it was in mid development, and uh, here we are years later getting the culmination of this story that happens between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Thank you, George Lucas and Dave Filoni, for giving us this incredible content because for my entire childhood, I grew up 
reading about the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. it was this massive thing. And finally, we get it fleshed out in this, this series. But now we get to see the, the culmination of it, right? So, And we've had a couple little nuggets, you know? And so if anybody hasn't, is kind of new to the Clone Wars game, since it got canceled, there's been the huge Save the Clone Wars campaign. It yes. was a hashtag mm-hmm. for years. Dave Filoni wore a t-shirt, whatever. But And then there was um, these kind of story reels, these partially animated shorts. Which that are got, hilarious, by the way. There's a story of uh, Cad Bane and Boba Fett having a yeah. a duel, yeah. basically a shootout at the OK Corral kind of thing at high noon in the middle of the street uh, where Boba Fett gets his dent. Um, there's Ahsoka running away into the underworld of Coruscant and all these yep. things. And um, they've done uh, some panels at Celebration where... They talked about the 332nd, which now we've gotten real animation for. They talked about the Bad Batch, which we've now gotten real animation for in that new um, promo they just released. Uh, So if... If you're new to Star Wars and you're or new to Clone Wars or new to whatever, that's how people know about these storylines that are already coming and are excited about these things that don't really exist yet, but that's because they've been being teased for years and people have been anticipating them for years that's also why it's so exciting yes and to to piggyback off of uh our guests last week uh lauren and andrea from the galactic podcast they were spot on with saying how this really fills out the clone wars from episode two or you know uh, the clone attack of the clones to revenge of the sith if you're not watching it or if you're on the fence about it Go check it out. It is really some of the best storytelling in Star Wars, uh, in the Star Wars universe, because oh, yeah, of how it develops these characters from two, uh, you know, episode two to episode three, um, and and really adds so much more depth to that storyline. If you were watching Attack of the Clones and just went right to Revenge of the Sith and skipped all of this, you are missing a ton in there that flushes out the character development. Yeah, and I I agree. They they definitely hit on all those notes and this is this is also a topic that I feel that we can spend multiple episodes dissecting the history of the Clone Wars. We can do that at a later we could time. Go episode by episode. Oh, I want to promise our listeners we are doing a weekly breakdown of these episodes. So these are coming like yeah. we did with the Mandalorian. We are going to do weekly breakdowns of these episodes. Oh um, yeah. But as far as you know, season seven. Let's look to the future here, Kyle. You already made reference to a lot of arcs that we that we have an assumption have not been solidified mm-hmm. that are gonna happen um we know for a fact that one of the arcs that is coming is the siege of mandalore which we've talked about on this show um you know my thought is there's a couple different ways i think that season season seven is going to go first off i think that one way will be that the first episode first two episodes will be loose ends and they will just to be to reintroduce us to the Clone Wars characters, the voices that we're so familiar with, Matt Lantner, uh, James Arnold Taylor, Ashley Eckstein. We're going to be home again, but they're going to take us through, you know, the randomness of the Clone Wars, which there's several episodes where you just go planet to planet or crisis to crisis. But the final you know, 10 episodes will be those three series arcs, four episode arcs that are traditional format of the Clone Wars. Now, with only 12 episodes, we might get two, 
you know, like, I don't even know. You, you could get a couple three episode arcs and, and a four episode. Who knows what they're, they're going to break it up. But I have a feeling Siege of Mandalore will be the final arc leading up to mm-hmm. um, Dark Anakin. Um, which I, I do predict we're going to see a really dark turn at some point of Anakin Skywalker in this in one of these shows. But I think they're going to save the Siege of Mandalore for the final arc of this Season 7. How do you guys feel about that? I think you're right, and I think it's almost a given. Um, we know from other content that the Siege of Mandalore is happening during Order 66, which... If we're going to see the Siege of Mandalore, that means it absolutely has to be happening at basically the last possible moment of the Clone Wars because Order 66 and then Emperor Palpatine officially basically coming out of the closet and taking over is that's the end of the Clone Wars definitively. So that's. You know, just so logically, in, that's the end. Right? So, in in that in that line of thought, do you feel that Order sixty six will be the final episode of the Clone Wars? And if so, how deep do you think they're going to show the animation? Are we going to see uh, Caleb Doom? Are we going to see Cal Kestis uh, and his? Um, and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Obviously, this would be part of the that's not how the Force works segment on our show. Mm-hmm. But are we going to see some of those? Um, characters that we know in the final episode and then they they it's just ultimately a dark dark finale and because I, I, this time period is very dark um mm-hmm. could you be, could you believe that that's gonna happen or do you have a different way of thought on that i think it's possible and i think the focus is obviously going to be on mandalore i think it would be wise of them and i expect them to mostly avoid scenes we actually saw in revenge of the sith um so i think showing when order 66 is initiated how those clones on mandalore respond and how rex and ahsoka handle it and then i think going to see Caleb and Cal Kestis would actually be a great way to do that because not only are we showing these Jedi masters being killed and like order 66 actually being executed the way it was intended, which it, it did work. Right. Um, but we also get to see these characters that we know and we get to see them get away and have a little bit of hope because we know that Caleb becomes Kanan Jarrus yeah. and, and and basically saves the rebellion in if you could argue when he saves Hera and all those guys um and Cal Kestis goes on to a spoiler alert he kind of saves a bunch of little force sensitive babies too so yeah. um we can end on that low, which the Clone Wars does end on a low because what we would perceive as the good guys lose. Um, but we still have that hope because these characters we know uh, survive and they go on for the next bit that we already know about. That's a beautiful. But I'm not in the story group. I could <laughs> <Yeah>. be. <laughs> That's a beautiful end, Kyle. That's a beautiful end. Yeah, it's going to be do. interesting to see where they take it up to and how they overlap it because, I mean, obviously in Revenge of the Sith, you see Anakin and Obi-Wan go their separate ways at the time that Order 66 starts, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So where do you take where do you take the Clone Wars story that's not maybe identically overlapping with that? It has to go like right to the brink and then execute, but you've got to be in another place uh, with Ahsoka and Rex and, and those people and, and other characters. 
uh, in this. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they cross that over without like actually, you know, like, hey, Obi-Wan's over here and, and Anakin's over here. He's back on Coruscant. And I, wonder um, if I think that'll see, be interesting. Sorry. I wonder if we might see the actual kidnapping of Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what in, I was, in the beginning, yeah. uh, if I remember correctly, we start in a space battle where Palpatine is already on Grievous's yeah. ship. Yeah, so that could be the very very end is him actually being kidnapped and put yeah. on the ship. See, that yep. is that is awesome. Okay, now you got my gears. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. That would be really yep. cool. Um, but yeah, Kyle, I I gotta go back to what you were saying. Um, I don't necessarily think Dave Filoni would leave us in a negative place. And I think um, he would he would give us that Caleb Doom element of hope. And you're right. You're going to see this destruction. You're going to see some of the other Jedi Masters get cut down on Order 66. It is going to be fascinating to see what Rex and Ahsoka does. I, I will say that that is, that is on my mind. Very, and I I'm already that'll be the main bit of it. Yeah. I, well, I'm already mm-hmm. emotional about it. I know I'm already like, oh, what's going to happen? But I think that, you know, we might not see Cal Kestis, but we will definitely see Caleb Doom. The, the mm-hmm. People have he's already screened. Teaser. Yeah, he's in the teaser. Yeah, he's in the yeah, teaser. In the teaser. Um, so and Depo th- Balaba. So I th- think uh, Filoni will keep that synergy going with Rebels. Um, Filoni has no allergy to story synergy. Like the cinematic. That's actually one of the things I wrote um, down later is he, he's great at tying little things yeah. in in an organic way. Yeah. So yeah. I could see him connecting this to Rebels or any number of other franchises, franchises really smoothly. Yeah. So Siege of Mandalore is the final arc. We're kind of in agreement into that. And Order 66, possibly Chancellor Palpatine um, kidnapping, and then uh, maybe some of the Jedi escapes. Caleb, possibly Cal. All right, so we have that. The Maul and Ahsoka um, battle is setting up to be intense. We know that Ray Park uh, actually did the... He was in the he was in the mocap costume mm-hmm. and did all his own stunts for this. So I'm definitely... That is one thing that's going to be on my mind is to see that lightsaber battle from Ray Park's standpoint. Um, but The combination of Ray Park and Sam Witwer being mauled <laughs> together is like yeah. truly, truly a dream because yes. Sam Witwer does some of like the most amazing emotional voice acting mm-hmm. as yeah. that character. He's so good. And Ray Park is so physical and so impressive too. So I've, I'm, I didn't know that they'd ever be able to actually do that. And I'm, I'm so pumped for it. Yeah. No, it's going to be sweet. So, we do we think um, with this with this arc? Well, obviously with Maul, we're going to see possibly the disbanding of the Shadow Collective and um, maybe what that looks like. I'm kind of fascinated with that. Have you guys put in any thought into the Shadow Collective arc ending, or is that do you think that that might just get brushed over just due to the 12 episode? Uh, season because my brain is telling me the shadow collective can go out there and hire some of those well-known bounty hunters from the clone wars like cad bane um, bring back boss have the weird boba fett the young boba fett who i i might be a boba fett honk but i don't care for clone wars (laughs) boba fett at all um you know but he's angsty he's very angsty but i think that that would be the only opportunity to bring in those bounty hunters is if the shadow collective works with them in some capacity maybe hires them to fight alongside mandalore maybe that's how boba fett gets his armor um something along mm. those lines i don't know mm. i would love to see i i i forgot about the ba- uh, the cad bane boba fett shootout 
um, footage, some of mm-hmm. that that test animation. Man. That was supposed to be where Boba Fett got yes. his dent in his helmet. And that would mean he would have had to have had his armor by then too, which right. he did not ever get armor in the Clone Wars. Well, that's so. where that's where I just got sad because I don't think we're going to be able to see that, and I wanted to see that lot. so bad, <laughs> so bad. But I think uh, I, I think that that's where they're going to come into play. Those that Shadow Collective is going to hire them. Uh, we might see a return of Embo, um, which would be super cool. One of my favorite bounty hunters doesn't get enough love, um, but he I, does the coolest like. Um, uh, snowboarding on his hat thing. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> it's really slick. Yes, yeah. he does. But I think that's where we see the bounty hunters and they fight alongside uh, Maul against the uh, the clone troopers. We'll see. I don't know. That's. But I really think that that is where Boba Fett gets his Mandalorian armor. I think Filoni will be the one to tell that story and it will be a quick scene. Um, it'll be well done, but I think that's where he comes across the Mandalorian armor. Well, all he has to do is find it, right? All he yes. has to do is open open some kind of container with it in it and see it and let us see it and everyone will know what happened, you know. Right. So it, yeah. it doesn't have to take three simple. episodes; it could take five minutes. Yeah. Or he or he fights alongside the Mandalorians and then turns on one of them and uh, takes yeah, yeah something yeah, yeah kills him or you know someone he's fighting alongside him kills him and takes it and runs. I don't know. We'll see. But I do you guys feel that the bounty hunters are going to return in some capacity season seven? I think you can see him again. I, I mean, Cad Bane's such a popular character. I don't see why why you wouldn't bring him back for the final season. Um, you know, I'm hoping to see Hondo. I love Hondo. Oh, he's not yeah. a bounty hunter, but Hondo. he's a pirate. I love Hondo. So yeah, I, I imagine, yeah, I imagine you got to see him in there too and all these characters that we know and love. And um, so bringing back the bounty hunters, I, I could see some of the, the you know, Embo, I, I don't know that that one would be, back but we could see that and a couple of them bosk for sure Bosk, yeah, yeah. bosk will probably be back yeah. or a sing um yeah. you know i'd be sad if we didn't see cad bane a little bit you, you yeah. know what's crazy about cad bane i still he's one of the only star wars characters i don't have a figure of which is wild because i have hundreds of star wars figures i don't have a cad bane figure um I Does he have it. a Black Series figure? No, he's got a three no. three quarter, and he has a, a Funko Pop that's actually really cool. Um, got blue card. He's got the blue card with the little card insert. Yes, it's a blue card uh, Clone Wars figure, um, but that's the only one I think of him. It is. It's from the same series where Ahsoka's figure came with uh, little Stinky, um, Stinky the Hut. Uh, <laughs> I have it right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my it's one of my favorite Ahsoka figures. Um, but you know, with um, with this Cad Bane was, I did not like Cad Bane. Like the first two watch throughs of the Clone Wars. I couldn't oh, stand I him. him. I couldn't stand so the cheesy smooth. hat. It was I didn't, so smooth. Though. Oh, he's got style, man. I didn't oh, only Cad Bane could pull off a like, hat like that. He was like so that. calm. They, was why so would they calm. have this? I mean, he was a character uh, caricature of a Western cowboy, which just, yes. to me, that was like the first... Um, very obvious like okay this is this is like um a trope a western trope right but it was so over the top for he's Star a bounty Wars. hunter that's it, sort of like typical uh, it was too real world. The lone it was too gunner. too real world for me and it took me a couple times to get through it he sounded like jeremy irons um I love it. which was crazy <laughs> I love everything about it um, I loved his little droid in uh, yeah, like chew on a toothpick sometimes. His little droid that he brought with him, and he's like wiring the back. And he's yeah. like, "What are you doing back there?" He's like, "I'm just he's fixing your processor." Setting him and up then to they self-destruct. go right, yeah. and setting him up <laughs> right. to self destruct. But uh, it was, I think it was, uh, was it Seth Green that did the voice of that little droid? Yeah, oh, I felt so bad because that little droid seems so nice. <laughs> it was just nice like yeah. he's like. 
what do you mean I'm I'm exploding and then (laughs) there's a bomb and then he just blows up. It's like, oh, I miss that little droid. Uh, But, uh, you know, my heart has warmed up to Cad Bane. Um, My hope uh, outside of the Clone Wars, my hope is that we actually see him in The Mandalorian. I would love to see. He would fit into that scene perfectly. A live action Duros um, costume. Uh, we haven't seen one since A New Hope. I don't think we've there have been another Duros in any of the other movies. I mean, there might have been. A I think his character. aesthetic is but really cool. There's one in um, Battlefront Two. What's his name? Shriv. In Battle Shriv. Like who, I, I don't. Who was know, also do they have an allergy to do the Duros again or what? No, he was written into Resistance Reborn, the 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 book yes. leading up to Rise of Resistance, or uh, I'm sorry, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> I got the I got go. the ride on the brain. There we go, missed opportunities yeah, again, right? But yeah. no, they wrote him in the story to lead up. Yeah. Anyways, he was one of my and favorite characters in in the video game. How awesome would he have been in the movie? Anyways, all right, yes. we're here talking right. about Clone Wars. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah, things we like. Here we go, Clone uh, Wars. Back on track. Stuff. So another one of the rumored arcs that they have is the crystal crisis or either of you familiar Utapa. with this? Yeah. Is it Utah or you, you, Utopia, Utah. Utah. Yeah. But Utah. There's, there's, it's in Utah. Yeah. It's in Utah. They're going Utah. to get the Kyber crystals back from the Mormons that have stolen them. <laughs> right. Right. To make deadly weapons. <laughs> so the crystal crisis episode is probably, um, this was one that was definitely in development. They had pre animation for it. Um, it it actually has it it has a synopsis that was written about it. Um, I think it had some rough animation, even. Oh yeah, no, it did, it did, and basically, Anakin and Obi they're trying to um, they're trying to get this massive Kyber crystal, and General Grievous interferes with it, and it's just this whole you know it's just a standard Clone Wars. Mission. This is a thing that's happened a few times in the Star Wars universe. So, you know, yeah. they're using those giant Kyber crystals to try and make basically Death Star yeah. lasers. Yeah. But I can see this as a, a one episode, you know, early start to the season, maybe episode one or episode two where they reintroduce us to these characters that we love and um it's just a really quick you know a heist uh a heist Mm -hmm. gone wrong uh and then somehow anakin and obi get out of it and grievous runs away and retreats like usual so um you know no 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 big surprise there um i don't think we're gonna see any mortis uh, you know, that's just a pipe dream of mine is that we I get some type of illusion of mortis. Yeah, I think but we are going to see bad. the Bad Batch. That was the, They okay. were in the most recent yes. uh, little trailer yes. spot that was released, which has been something that people have been going absolutely nuts over for years. They've wanted to see this. And the premise is basically that it's this um, this group of clones that were defective. And it happens sometimes, you know, they're... It's basically a manufacturing process, and some of them are better than others. And there's some that end up as janitors and different things. And and these these clones had some types of uh, beneficial mutations, I guess. So essentially, they have they're like super powered clones, um, and they call themselves the Bad Batch. And they've also obviously got like the cool custom painted armor and cool gear. And we don't really know exactly what kind of things they're going to be able to do, but um, especially people who love clone troopers, which there's a huge, I think Justin's one of them. There's yep. tons of people who are super into the clone troopers, um, are really excited for this. And, and I think even the little 30 seconds of footage really kind of wet people's appetite for it. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Cause one of the, 
favorite characters that I put on here was Clone 99. I was wondering. I yeah, loved, there we go. I loved that episode. And this is great because you see in, in that episode, Clone 99 is clearly an example of where the process didn't work. And it was a completely defective clone. But Kind of frail. Um, yeah, he's he's frail and he's um, he's got he's a limb. Cl- he's and, an early yeah. clone and he's he's you know still wants to fight. His program right, right. is still ingrained in him and it's he still wants to fight. He just can't physically do it. Here's where you see maybe the in the Bad Batch you see those opposite clones where they're you know overly stimulated with growth stuff and and have powers uh, you know maybe one of them has great eyesight and he's you know the sniper and one is just super strong compared to all the other clones and he's a, a heavy lift a heavy weapons guy right uh-huh. right um there is one that's definitely maybe, giant well yes, yes that's compared uh, to other clones and that's the thing i mean that's the premise is yeah. is um, well and i believe they are um called battalion troop what 99 no they're, they're, they're uh, clone force 99 clone force 99 clone force 99. after yeah the 99 that Justin is talking yes. about. Yeah, yes. in, in honor and, of him, yes. Yeah, and, and so I, I think they're, while they're, their heart may be in the right place, it's not always done the way that the clones would normally do things or the Jedi would right, do things. Right. So I think yeah, they're, they're a little rogue. They're, they're a little, a little misguided and a little rogue, and they're not afraid to push that envelope of getting the job done and doing whatever it takes. Yeah. So that's why I think they're kind of the converse of Clone 99, where he was all heart. He just physically couldn't do it. Here you've got these guys who are physically able to do it. Right. They don't necessarily care how it gets done. No, this is they're like the island of misfits toys, and they're also like the expendables. I mean, really, yeah. the water gun yeah. that shoots jelly, the no, train with square wheels. What? <laughs> here's here's the thing with the Bad Batch, and I wasn't like too hyped on the Bad Batch when I first heard about it years ago that this could be a possible. I'm kind of the same way, but now but they, it looks super cool. It looks super cool. So you have these, yeah. you know, you have Hunter, who apparently is the leader of Clone Force ninety nine. He is he looks like um, Charlie Sheen from Hot Shots. If you remember the movie from the early 90s uh very weird look for a clone but once again this these are the defect clones and he's rambo looking dude he's got his mullet looks like rambo he's got his rambo hat on but then the guy the heavy the heavy his name is wrecker and i'm i'm telling you right now i predict that we're going to see a lot of wrecker cosplay at celebration 2020 because that is a bad ass costume um mm. wrecker's got some great uniform he's the one that has that helmet that kind of collapses like a jaw and it's got those it's got spiky teeth, teeth. Yeah. oh such a cool look yeah. um another one of the the bad batch his name is tech and he is like just this slicer um and has i guess uh, skills in science he's like computer Captain he's like the goggles yeah. in his helmet yeah, instead exactly. of of the visor he's got like goggles there or something yeah. he's what i would call the guy in the van <laughs> right doing right. the tech stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there's another dude named crosshair so it's only a team of four it's only a team crosshair of four, sounds like a sniper to me uh, yeah ex- yeah i agree but he's good at shooting things but i i think <laughs> what's going to be cool about this episode for the general disney plus watchers people that might not be listening to the star wars friends show just your run-of-the-mill you know oh there's a star wars thing on they're gonna love this episode because it's gonna yeah, be a one-shot episode on pretty good yeah mm-hmm. and it's gonna be so unique with these very unique personalities um i i can already think of my family who they're they're, they're they like star wars but they're not mega star wars so it's always weird when they're like 
oh, I watched The Mandalorian, and I just hear my <laughs> sisters or my brother, you know, like saying the word Mandalorian is still really yeah. weird. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I could just imagine they're going to be watching a Clone Wars talking about the Bad Batch. So this is, you know, I'm excited to see that. But I think the Bad Batch is going to be a one off. I think Crystal Crisis is going to be a one off. Then we're going to get these Siege of Mandalore arcs. Um, but I really, you know, I don't know what else we're going to fill these. Not really sure either. Yeah, do you guys have any predictions of anything I haven't mentioned as far as story arcs? I don't have any predictions. I kind of like going into it blind, though. Like, I, I, Dave Filoni is just great with taking you on tangents or sending you somewhere else that you don't think you're going to go. So yeah. I'm excited to see what he comes up with and, and what he does with these characters and uh, where he takes us. So I'm not predicting anything. <laughs> I just want to enjoy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I... I don't know. I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> I, I, I don't, other than the things we've already talked about, which are kind of given, I'm, I really don't know. Yeah. To be on, to be honest, who was the kid on the planet, um, where Obi and Obi Nanakin were trying to get the plant to, um, the, the blue virus or whatever that was, was spreading. Who's the kid that rewired the droids on that planet? Oh. Um, it begins with a J I thought, and I can't, <laughs> I want to know what happened. Yeah, to that yeah, kid. yeah. Who, who, tra- like, trained all the battle droids yeah, to and, be his like, servants? Fan him, and, and they were servants, and and it did start with the J. Yeah, think. he's like, you can't get off the planet because they thought that the the laser defense grid was a a god or something that just yeah, destroyed ships, and they tried to leave. Thing, yeah. And he, you know, they said, okay, um, you know, they go up, they blow up the array. Right, and then they go back down to the planet and basically tell them, hey, you're free to go now. We destroyed, it was a sensor array, right? And, uh-huh. and it was destroying ships trying to leave. And whatever his name was, I want to know what happened to him. <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. There's so Be- many characters in Clone Wars, and that was the thing that, you know, when, when we were talking pre-show about, hey, let's talk about favorite, least favorite characters. There are, th- there's got to be a thousand. Lines. A thousand characters that have speaking parts. Over over the entirety of the Clone Wars. So um, let's kind of, you know, now that we've talked about the future, let's go a little bit in the past. Let's let's have a little bit of a a, (laughs) uh, (laughs) let's reminisce a little bit about uh, Clone Wars here now. Uh, you know, we, there's obviously what you said, 128 episodes after season seven drops. It's a lot to go on here, but I think that, you know, there's a lot that we can break down as far as general archetypes and um, just overall character growth, things like that. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, just to keep mine simplistic, what I what I appreciated the most about the Clone Wars up to this point is to see an expansion on Anakin Skywalker. And yes, I am proudly wearing my Her Universe General Skywalker hoodie right now recording this podcast. I, I was not necessarily a huge fan of... Uh, Anakin uh, as a character in Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. But I became a fan of Anakin thanks to Matt Lanner, who voiced Anakin with a little bit more enthusiasm. Um, the, the delivery of the lines were believable. And I think the writing of the dialogue has a lot to do with it. The dialogue yeah. was far superior. But overall, I think that the Anakin Skywalker character in The Clone Wars, to me, is my favorite overall takeaway um, is what they were able to do with that character. And as we all know as Star Wars fans, this is the the story of Anakin Skywalker. At mm-hmm. least we were told until the last three movies. Um, yeah. 
but this is uh, to me that was my favorite part is just expanding on that story and thus expanding everything else uh, in that time frame. I think yeah. it's hard to say that like Star Wars has a point because it has like a lot of points, but the point of the Clone Wars is to elaborate on what the heck happened to Anakin Skywalker and why it is such a tragedy because it's not just like he decided to be a bad guy. He was destined for like all these things. He was a hero. He was a hero and he was revered and he was manipulated and his love was his downfall. It, It is an actual tragedy. And I think the, the clone wars explains that and elaborates on that. And that is, its main contribution to the Star Wars canon. And it brings a lot of stuff to the table, but I think that's like the biggest piece of the pie. And I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off that Kyle. Cause one of the things that I loved about clone wars was the little one liners or snippets of conversation, um, that really filled out those characters in the Star Wars universe. And I'm, I'm on my, I'm on season two of my rewatch right now. And it's, I actually just finished up the Mandalore episodes with uh, the Duchess and she's going back and forth between Mandalore and there and the Senator, the Mandalorian Senator, right. Who tried to assassinate her uh, along with the other senators on the ship with the little spider droids. He's got her, um, or he's got the bomb thing in his hand and obi-wan's there and satine is there and he's like you can't kill me he looks at satine and he says you can't kill me because you'd be going against your pacifist religion or your pacifist ideals um you know so you can't kill me and then um he looks at obi-wan and he says and you can't kill me because you know you've (laughs) sworn to protect and right. peace and blah, blah, blah. And, well, and said, also what is Satine going to think of you if you do that yes, right in front of exactly, her? Plus one of exactly. His other yes. And then all of a sudden he's like, so which one of you is going to do it? And then all of a sudden this lightsaber ignites through right his through chest, <laughs> right yeah. through his chest and kills him. And Anakin like, you know, does his force thing and pulls the remote into his hand yeah. as he's falling dead. And he's like, what? He was going to blow up the ship. And yeah. <laughs> You just, it's like, and they're both kind of just sitting there in shock. Like, I can't believe that just happened. Right. And it flushes out all of these characters, like just those little moments flushed out so much of characters in the show, like Satine and Obi-Wan and even Anakin in that moment. And he didn't even have to say anything. It was just him cold heartedly going here. Here's how we're going to solve it. I'm just going to kill this guy and take what I want. And it's over. And it's another really great example of a thing that comes up over and over and over and over and over throughout this series. Uh, the Jedi are not supposed to be doing what they're doing for right. so many reasons, uh, one of which being it goes against their basic ideals, and another one being if they are trying to do and follow their own tenets, then they can't do what is necessary to win a war. Um, right. And that's kind of this knife edge they're falling on. And they're aghast that that Anakin would do that and basically yep. just murder someone from yep. behind right in front of them. Right. But at, from a military standpoint, he's right. That's what he yeah. should have done to save his people and the ship yeah. and the and whatever. He- um, and it's this this reoccurring theme over and over and over. And, and it gets even deeper later on with people like Bail Organa and... Um, uh, Mon Mothma and uh, Padme, they're realizing that a lot of the things the separatists are saying 
I'm getting so deep into this right no, now. You're, but they're, they're actually, we're here. They're actually right. Yeah. The, the, the Republic is corrupt and the mm-hmm. Jedi are becoming a military and the chancellor is overstepping his boundary. And these things at the set, they, they just want to have their rights to do what they want to do and be free and come to find out they're not wrong. You know, mm-hmm. like the separatists are the bad guys who are on the right side of the war. Right. You know, which is this crazy thing to be up against. And it's sort of explained in the movies, but it's thoroughly explained. Kyle, you're sounding like a separatist. (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't I I don't think it would have been any different, though. Like, right. If the separatists were to win and take over the government, it's still the same. It's still going to be the same person was running both sides. That's like the other whole thing. Right. Uh, But from like a philosophical standpoint a lot of these people like who ended up being the leaders of the rebellion were not fighting for what they thought they were fighting for initially and they realized that and you can see it during Mm -hmm. the clone wars this is a goofy question i have to interject with because i can't get dooku's tiki head out of my out of my own head Um, sorry that boy's name is jabo i just figured it out jabo that's it what happened to jabo that's what i want to know you better be in the next season (laughs) (laughs) um okay so if the separatists won and they won out and Dooku was still alive, who would be Dooku's successor? Because after, um, because Asajj dies, and Kinlan Voss is a crazy person, um, I, do you, you know... Well, Palpatine would have still killed him, I think. You think Palpatine would have killed Dooku? Yeah, he, uh, I don't think he ever would have let it get to that point, but I think, yeah, Dooku's role in, in the Clone Wars was to die. Um, it, because that's what Palpatine knew the end That's what Palpatine mm. wanted yeah, it to his be. Foresight. He had yeah. been grooming Anakin to be his real apprentice for a long, long time, and um, Maul and Dooku were just a means to that end. Okay. Well, and I think I think Dooku realizes it in Revenge of the Sith when he's got oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're and Palpatine's right. saying kill him, and he's like, wait, <laughs> do what? it, do, do it. it. Do it. Um, so, and, and even then, Anakin, it's he does he it, it so many right times. He well, he does it, it so many times for Clone Wars in there. He says, he's like, I shouldn't have killed him. That's not the Jedi way. But you killed a ton of people through Clone Wars. He knows it's <laughs> wrong, lot, but he keeps lot. going down that path of doing it over and over and over again. It's almost like a, a drug to him where he yeah. just, he's like, well, I, I can't I remember. It. I can't remember the exact episode, but there is one where they end up in that exact same scenario with Dooku on his knees and Anakin has the two lightsabers crossed at his throat and it's shot for shot exactly the same. It's just animated and he doesn't do it, you know, and Mm -hmm. Clone Wars is really good for, for giving you those kinds of things where, um, these choices were made before giving you these little callbacks, but you know, that showed you, Left to his own devices, Anakin was a good person, and he cared mm-hmm. about people, and he made the right decision in that moment. Um, but he was susceptible to manipulation, and yeah. he was able to be convinced to do not the right thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. So we we've talked about Anakin, and and you and I, that's a beautiful thought about him 
definitely having, you know, on his own, having the ability to make the right decisions. But one of the individuals that was a huge part of the Clone Wars um, did not have that uh, DNA. And that, of course, is Maul. And mm-hmm. Maul is such a over... Um, uh, overarching character in the entirety of the Clone Wars. And I know that Maul means a lot to both of you, uh, definitely a lot to me, but uh, we got to see this evolution of Maul throughout these episodes. What was what were your favorite takeaways of Maul? Was it Spider-Maul? Was it Maul finding a brother? Was it Maul putting together this uh, crime syndicate? Uh, what were your favorite Maul takeaways? Spider Mall, Spider Mall. <laughs> Sorry, I yes. couldn't resist. Well, yes. I'm going to say I have um, listed under my favorite Clone Wars original characters. I have Crazy Darth Maul listed uh, because I think the Darth Maul in Clone Wars and Rebels is not even the same thing as the Darth Maul that's in Phantom Menace. He gets cut in half oh, and no. he lives no. on a trash planet and. He is literally insane. Yes. And he's like so full of hate and he's so uh he's just the one of the most oh, passionate pe- beings you've ever seen in any media and it's just hate and revenge and right. lust and that's it. That's yes. all he is ever. He just wants more and he wants payback and that's like that's all he cares about and um, he is aesthetically so cool yeah. from the first moment you mm-hmm. saw him in, in Phantom Menace. Um, but I think the takeaway from Clone Wars is that Darth Maul is just so relentless and he is never going to quit. And I think you can yeah. really see that in Rebels when they do have he and Obi-Wan finally have their final, final showdown. It's almost a relief. He's laying in Obi-Wan's arms, and to me, Darth Maul's ready to go because he has been so close and fallen so far so many times. His story is truly a tragic one, too. He's a horrible being, a horrible person, and he does horrible things, and he's so selfish, but, um, man, it does not ever work out for him. Never. Mm. (laughs) Never. Nope. Never, ever. Yeah, I think he's um I, I like seeing his development through the crime syndicate through Clone Wars and even into at the end of Solo, to be honest, because he is a lot smarter, I think, than yeah. people give him credit for. He's not just an angry filled person. He's actually pretty smart. Um Oh, he's making re- real moves. He's just Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he's outplayed. Mover, he's by a shaker. Yeah. <laughs> he's 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 upstaged by somebody smarter than him. Right. But he made some really good decisions to try to gain power to, um, you know, move further his cause, I guess you could say. But, um, that's one of the things I liked about him so much was his, his, his thinking ability or his, um, his, how smart he was essentially. Well, and he was an illustration of a lot of things, but one of them was how Palpatine's plan was working so well. And they, they show this in a lot of ways, but um, the Jedi are spread very thin because they're fighting a war, and it does leave um, the these planets, especially these smaller planets, 
uh, are susceptible to crime and um, it gives the opportunity for these criminal empires to really grow and take a stronger hold because this war is going on. And that's also part of, of Palpatine's plan, you know, right. because yeah. it, mm-hmm. it takes yeah. it unrest helps him take control because people don't have control already. You know what I mean? And, and it, it already thins the herd, so to speak, for him. Uh, and I was going to ask, I think you guys might know this better, where exactly does Solo fall in this timeline? Because I've often thought about he's running that crime syndicate at the end of the Solo movie. He's also running mm. this crime syndicate at the end of Clone Wars. Are those two, did he just like run the same exact game two different times? Did one kind of turn into the other? Do they fit together somehow? How did that all work out? I'm I'm guessing uh, Maul has, I don't know, whether it's a Shadow Collective or it morphs in the Crimson Dawn. This is after the Siege of Mandalore. Easily. It's got to be, it's got to be 10 years after Siege of Mandalore. Solo, you mean? Uh, yes, yeah, Solo has to take mm-hmm. at least 10 years. So Maul is still in power uh, in some form, uh, just in the form of Crimson Dawn. So mm-hmm. in between Clone Wars and Rebels, um, I would say probably pretty close to to the run-up of Rebels, if not during the Rebels time frame. So that's a fascinating question. We'll have to look into that. Maybe a listener can hit us up um, on at, at, at SW Friends Show. Hit us up if you know that answer. Um, that's Yeah, that's interesting to think about. Cause I think it would be before Rebels, um, because Rebels butts right up into um, Rogue One and then A New Hope, where... Han Solo is already the Han Solo we know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I don't I truly don't know. That's why I asked. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well let's let's find that out. Hopefully a listener knows and can hit us up with uh, with that. Now my favorite, just to end on the mall thing, my favorite mall moment, uh, believe it or not, is actually towards the tail end, um, when he has to confront Darth Sidious. And one of the greatest things that ever happened yeah. in Clone Wars. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. That was, I mean, outside of the, we've already established the voice actor of Darth Sidious is terrible. But outside of that, uh, <laughs> that whole scene is incredible. Um, he kills Savage, thank you, because one of my least favorite characters. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it is, uh, it's a tremendously powerful moment, and he lets Maul live. So Maul has to live with this, um, and he knows that his former master is letting him live, uh, but can kill him at any moment. It's a powerful scene. I, it's yeah. one that has stuck with me since the first. First time I saw it, I, you know, and he's carrying those two, uh, Sidious is carrying those two lightsabers, dragging them across mm. the floor. So I'm like, Oh dude, it's so powerful. Yeah. It's a great mm-hmm. moment. I, I mentioned this already in our, uh, I think one of our male answer question shows, but, um, it, it is one of the best scenes in any star Wars ever. Yeah. And it just goes to show you how powerful Palpatine is not only from, the chess game setting setting up the board and manipulating people's standpoint, but just from a pure force wielding oh yeah um physical standpoint, he shows up when Maul is high on the hog. He's wielding the dark saber. <laughs> right. He's ruling Mandalore. He's the head of Death Watch. He thinks he can do no wrong. He's mm-hmm. ready to like actually step up and Palpatine walks in with his hood up and he just goes, I see that you're a rival. And he whoops both of their oh, asses yeah. <laughs> so thoroughly that Maul is basically like a whimpering little baby 
in front of him and they could not do anything against him. And uh, there was two of them. And these people, like I just said, they ran through anything they wanted to do up to that point. And Palpatine showed up and he said, no, this is my show and I'm going to bump you back down to where you belong and I'll let you come back up a little bit and I'll bump you back down again if I need to because I'm doing whatever I want. And it's probably the best lightsaber battle that's ever happened in Star Wars from just a visual standpoint. I I will. Yeah, man, there's it's up there. It's it's up there with the throne room in uh, the Last Jedi, which is also amazingly choreographed. Well, don't let's not forget the uh, what was man? What was the lightsaber? What is the name of the planet where Ezra finds Maul in the uh, that Sith tomb? All the lightsaber battles, the Inquisitors and Vader shows up. And yeah, so all good. of the yeah. Twilight of the Apprentice stuff was really good too. That's I'll give yeah, you yeah, that. that's, that's yes, really good. That that was so great. Anyway, there's a lot of good content. Malachor, there. I think. Malachor, is yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nerd, Chris. <laughs> I'm usually a nerd. I, I I can usually get that. It usually rolls off my tongue. Um, all right. So we we've established some of our favorite parts of the Clone Wars so far, but let's look at maybe the bigger picture and what they expanded on here, which is the Force and the expansion of the Force in the Clone Wars. Um, you know, I know you guys definitely have strong opinions on it, but for me, I've already I've gone on record through social media. I've talked about it on this show quite a bit. The Mortis arc, um, to me is the ultimate expansion of the force up to this point in what is current Canon. Um, and that, that was a risky move for them to take from a storytelling standpoint, um, to, to tell, these these viewers like hey the this is how big the force is it's deeper than you could ever imagine it is the root of the good and evil in all the galaxy and then they put it into a visual form they gave it a narrative it is some of the most interesting um mind-bending pieces of material that has ever been delivered in star wars and expands so much if you're a hardcore fan this is like your your text. This is what you read. This is what you study. This is what you base it off of. And then, you know, Filoni carries that through uh, Rebels as well and the expansion mm-hmm. of, of the Force there. But Clone Wars introduced it with the Mortis arc, but there was also other uh, allusions to it throughout the series. But how do you guys feel about the Force expansion in Clone Wars? Well, that's one of my favorite things, Force lore. Um, I, I read Star Wars like a religion. I've tweeted that before, too. And and people's connection to the force and the tenets of the Jedi and all that. It's like very interesting to me. It's one of my favorite things. And I, I loved Mortis. Uh, they explained it as a nexus through which yes. all of the force flows, which is a really cool idea. I think they left it. And amb- I know they left it kind of ambiguous because they're gone for multiple days. We know they spend multiple nights there, but when they come back, Rex says, we lost you for a couple minutes. Um, so it's left very ambiguous of, is this a vision? Is this something they really experienced? But through force business, they came back in the kind of the same time they left and in sort of a world between worlds kind of situation. Um, and I, I know I interpret it a certain way, but I've read online that there are, there's plenty of people who interpret the other way. Um, and I didn't really know that, but, uh, they also, they show you that you can do things through the force that we've never seen before. And it just goes to show you, and Ahsoka says it in Rebels, but um, you know, just when you think you know 
what the force is or start to understand it, you realize how much you really don't know. Um, these people are, they're grabbing the lightsabers and pushing it back into the hilt with their bare hands. They're morphing into yeah. completely different figures and monsters and visions and things. Yeah. And they have a control over themselves and their environment and other people in a way that we've never seen before. And he completely possesses Ahsoka he murders her, and then they're able to literally resurrect her through the Force, which is like, I mean, Ahsoka is literally has the Force flowing through her and has been resurrected from death, um, which is also awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I love Mortis, and I think it's one of the coolest things. I originally wrote in my notes that it was a, I don't want to say, it, it's an expansion of the Force beyond midichlorians and i put a note in there and i said fixed it but i want to i kind of want to retract that because i don't know that it was an error for lucas to say there's counts of midichlorians within a certain number of people i think what happened over the course of um clone wars and rebels and when they start when you start talking about the force right it doesn't necessarily matter your count right what your count is it's just a thing that lives inside you right it is a living thing and just because your count might be higher than somebody else's doesn't mean that you maybe have less power in the force i guess i want to say but like maybe you have a special ability qui-gon was certainly very um strong in the force but clearly not as strong as master yoda and some others but his ability to learn to communicate with the dead, right, was key to helping Yoda and others to learn that power. And, and even though he may not have, you know, a, a midichlorian count of 20,000 <laughs> or whatever it may be, right. you know, he's he was still str- he was smart enough and strong enough to figure out how to use his force ability to do those things. So I think there's. Um, I think through Clone Wars, you know, you you take that and you go, okay, it's not just a scientific thing that I think he was trying to get in in Mm -hmm. The Phantom Menace. But it's, hey, it is a little bit of science, but a little bit of living force as well. And yes, it is. It's a way to measure that strength within somebody, but it doesn't mean that there's, you know, one all powerful being. Some people specialize in certain things, whereas others don't. Right. Well, we we see a few different force abilities in the Clone Wars that we don't ever really see otherwise. Part of that is because it's animated and they're able to do Mm -hmm. anything physically without worrying about how it works, you know, with live people. But uh, Quinlan Voss um, has basically the same ability that Cal Kestis has. Um, when he picks up objects, he can kind of sense through the force what has happened to them. He can see, Mm -hmm. um, he can basically gain information from them. He tracks things and and does his detective work in that way. Um, The Jedi jump off of buildings. They throw each other onto spaceships. That's so cool. They they can do all these crazy things. And it's like you said, different people have different abilities. Mm -hmm. Um, And Another story arc that really digs deep into it, especially with the Qui-Gon and manifesting your consciousness after your body dies. Yeah. Um, that yeah. happens in the Priestess's arc in the season six. Um, I think that's a, maybe three episodes with mm-hmm. Yoda where he starts seeing or hearing voices or hearing Qui-Gon specifically, which he doesn't understand because Qui-Gon's dead. And up to this <laughs> right. point, we don't 
we don't know that that's something you can do. We don't we don't know about force ghosts yet. So um, he goes on his own kind of mission led by Qui-Gon where he, he first goes to Dagobah, which is the first time we ever reach Dagobah, and he explains it as being strong in the force. Um, and he goes to meet these priestesses and he goes on his own little, little journey. And, and I think it's kind of underrated to me, this arc with the priestesses and Yoda beginning to learn how to manifest his consciousness after death, um, is some really great force lore. And, um, he, he basically has to fight a shadow version of himself and he he first rejects that it even exists, and he he can only win by saying you are a part of me. We do live in the decadence of war, yeah. but I'm not going to give you power. Um, and and that's how I understand myself because that's the key to being able to manifest yourself and being able to connect to the force is you have to really know yourself. And that's kind of the spiritual side of it that I really get into um, because she does say, like Justin was saying at the beginning, when she when he first meets up with these priestesses, she says she's explaining the force to him and the cosmic force versus the living force. Um, and, he, and she does mention what you guys call or what you call midichlorians, mm-hmm. we call this. And it's yeah, just the living force right. transitioning right. into the cosmic force. And it's sort of like, it's your perspective because the force yeah. is understood by different people a lot of different ways. It's, you know, there's the Bendu who lives in the middle. There's the, they call it the Ashla, the um, Zeb's people. Um, but I, I just love that there's so much to it and there's so many different ways to understand it. And I, I really love that they dig into it and the priestesses and Yoda talking to them and who's supposed to be this peak Jedi master. And and then he still has more to learn. Um, that's one of my favorite, I think Mortis is like the sexy answer and, and people know about <laughs> no, that, yeah. but yeah. the priestesses, that's like, that's the other one. It doesn't really get enough credit. No, yeah. I agree. I've, I've talked about the priestesses with a lot of my uh, other Star Wars friends, and that's actually the first uh, visual introduction of the world between worlds, really. I mean, if you think about it, um, to, to have Qui-Gon Jinn appear, you know, as a as a force spirit at that moment, that's that's kind of crazy. Um, so that's well, because really- he was in the process of learning this right. uh, when he died, right? So right. he didn't he couldn't manifest his physical being, which is what mm-hmm. Yoda's trying to learn. And they explained to him because these priestesses uh, have maintained their consciousness after death, so they exist in this kind of like ethereal. We're everywhere, but nowhere at the same time kind of thing. They can kind of see what is to be and what has already been. And and they know that Yoda needs to learn this skill, but he's going to be burdened by it. Because he eventually is going to have to help Luke and uh, all these things down the road. You know, Um, He's going to have to teach Obi-Wan to do it because Obi-Wan is going to die, but... Luke is still going to need him and all of these things. Um, It's just a, it's a really beautiful thing that ties together so much from the force lore to Yoda, to the original trilogy, the the whole thing. I think the one thing for me and, and 
with Clone Wars, just in general, from a, a high level, I love the fact that you not only get lessons from the Jedi, but you get lessons from the clones as well. The whole arc, all of the seasons, every episode is basically teaching a lesson of some kind that you yes. can physically take yes. away. And for me, it harkened back to those 1980s cartoons of like G.I. Joe and He-Man. And like you're <laughs> yes. getting lessons from the no, I mean, not don't do drugs, but you're getting these lessons oh through the course of it. And one of the biggest, like the biggest one I think that I got was the patience episode where Ahsoka gets her lightsaber stolen. And the oh, whole episode is she's yeah. with, um, master, uh, Oh God, I can't remember his name. Um, he's so slow though. Cause he's, he's yeah. old. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. like, he just walks, yeah, he's like the Michael Myers the library of the Jedi. <laughs> Cause he just walks everywhere. Right. But he yeah. still gets there ahead of you and like knows what's going on. Yeah, it's so, total tortoise in the hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and his whole lesson is patience. And she said, you know, what what can I do for you? Or um, you know, I, I owe you so much. What can I do? And he's his only his only thing was pass on what you have learned. And he right. says that. Right. Pass on what you have learned. And so they walk into the classroom and there's Master Yoda with the younglings, and he says, Ahsoka, uh, you know, Padawan Ahsoka, do you have a lesson for us today? And she said, Yes. And the lesson is patience. And she starts to teach the yeah. younglings. I it, I just love how every episode, whether it's Jedi or clone, they give you life lessons that are great takeaways um, that you can use every day. That that's what I love about Clone Wars. It's it's a, a great show for that. I didn't well, and even, it's it's designed originally for kids and yeah. or or at least for it to be accessible to kids as well. So there a lot of times I think there's the pretty easy, easily digested message that your standard, you know, ten to thirteen year old can pick up on. Uh, and sometimes there's something yeah. more going on yes. too that yeah. um, you might not even get on the first watch. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. I didn't even think about the lesson, the lesson aspect of it. And um, now, the clone, now the clones are really good for a for a lesson too. Yeah. Well, well with that, you know, now on my rewatches, because I'll, you know, I'll put on now I'll just put on random episodes. I'll keep that in mind watching the Clone Wars and see what I can pick up on if I if I approach each one as a lesson. You know, I, I really like that mm-hmm. that that thought process. So, guys, we can. We can dissect the Clone Wars. Uh, <laughs> clearly, uh, we can. We there is so much that we haven't even covered. Uh, you know, Padme's arc. Uh, we didn't even break down Ahsoka's arc, which could be a two-hour show in its own. Um, can we do f- favorite characters and least favorite characters yeah. real quick? Yeah, let's. Yeah. Uh, let's. Kyle, let's, go. Kyle, go. <laughs> okay, so we did here. favorite Clone Wars original characters, but not counting Ahsoka because, like, that's everybody's favorite original yeah. character. Right. Um, I did Hondo Anaka. He's hilarious, always funny, but he's also, like, kind of formidable. He's competent. He's not just slapstick bullcrap. He's, I really hope we see him. Cad Bane, I think he is, like, actually the deadliest bounty hunter. He can take out some Jedi. He can basically get any job done. He's super cool. I think he's got a slick aesthetic. Uh, <laughs> Chris might say it's corny, whatever. Uh, I consider crazy Darth Maul to be a Clone Wars original character because he's like completely different than Phantom Menace, like I already said. Uh, Asajj Ventress, awesome. Killer um, assassin slash protege to Dooku who um, Palpatine forced him to cut her loose and she has this kind of tragic arc and ends up helping Ahsoka at the end and uh, very, very cool character. And then Bo-Katan, who I am really hoping 
shows up in the Mandalorian this next season. She is, I think the perfect example of what you want out of your Mandalorian. She's a total badass, but she also knows uh, what she needs to do for the good of her people to kind of do the high road, the right, what quote, right thing. Boom. Those are my favorites. Nice. I think mine would be Clone 99. I already mentioned Clone oh, 99. Okay. Um, okay. Pong I We talked oh, about him. So he's so crazy. A, he's a bad Love to hate dude, him, man. I guess. Yeah, yes, he's a great villain. And I, I wish wow. uh, wish I had more Pong Krell. Uh, Bo-Katan, I love that as well, Kyle. Um, Huyang, uh, the droid that takes the younglings to go get their sabers. I just, I feel That's like he's got a ton answer. of wow. stories. I, I want it. He's like, got at he, least one story. Yes, at least one. <laughs> but I feel like he could tell stories of all these Jedi when they were young and taking them to go get their sabers and what like their trials yeah. were and what they had to go through. That's something I, I, would love I to mentioned see. this in our other episode. But he did say that something crazy happened yeah. when Master Yoda went to the gathering to get his Kyber crystal and yeah. we never figured out what that was. So that's yeah, the story I, would love I want. To see that and then all the clones. I love the clones. I love. Uh, you know, Wolf and Gregor, um, Rex, Cody, um, you know, Fives, uh, all of the different clones. They're all their different personas, um, all their different like sigils, emblems, colors. Um, I just it, it's amazing that something that was made to be exactly the same are so different. Right. Well, um, and that's one of the main themes of the Clone Wars, too, is they're yes. individuals. <laughs> they're just right. like, yeah, they're yeah, they are people and they yeah. they do learn and they develop and all these kind of. Yeah. Things. But that's what I love about it is is just they're all different. They all have different personalities and characteristics. And even though they look relatively the same, minus a goatee here or there, or a bald head. You know, they, they're very different people inside. And I think that's an important lesson that um, no matter how you're made uh, on in this world or other worlds, you know, everybody's different and we should treat everybody with respect. Good, good. So with me, I was going to come out with a Boba Fett joke, but every time I've made a <laughs> Boba Fett joke, it has fallen flat and I get a hard <laughs> eye roll from Kyle. So I'm going to, I'm going to omit the young Boba Fett as my favorite, uh, uh clone war character, but you guys already hit on a lot of what I appreciate character wise out of the clone wars. As far as clones, I mean, one, the one that sticks out to me is matchstick who, uh, had this yeah. world war two, um, kind of paint, Esque, like a paint scheme on his mm-hmm. helmet, uh, but he fought alongside Plo Koon, um, Anakin, and Ahsoka, and he was definitely his paint scheme. Talking about individual, he just had one of the most unique paint schemes I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but really, my favorite when we want to boil it down, Asaz Ventress is just absolutely incredible, uh, very dynamic character, especially when you look at Asaj post um, animation into the Dark Disciple uh, novel. Just a really complex cool female character. villain, very complex, very mm-hmm. complex. Even with the Jedi Lost, um, the audio novelization, so it's, it's great. I want more Asaj. We're just not. I don't think we're going to get more Asaj. But my favorite, outside of you know. All the characters. I've already mentioned the Anakin Skywalker interpretation that they had on the show, but Bo-Katan is by far my favorite character from the Clone Wars. When I when I think about the Clone Wars, I think about Anakin Skywalker and I think about Bo-Katan um, for all the points that you've already made. Uh, I cannot mm-hmm. wait to see this complex character show up in The Mandalorian. I, I have a very good feeling that Bo-Katan will show up. But really, when I think of Clone Wars, I think of Bo-Katan. Thank you for giving us that story arc. Um, mm-hmm. 
just absolutely fascinating to see her character development, especially, um, you know, throughout the years. Um, with then we got her in Rebels yeah. too, which was yeah. great. So thank you, thank you to the creators of of Clone Wars for that. So those are my. I mean, you know, I can who's list. Your, I can list more, but I mean, I know. you know, who's your least favorite? <laughs> mine are easy. Let me think. Because mine I, are easy too. I have a lot of disdain for my least favorite Star Wars character probably ever is Rift Hampson, the shark guy. Um, <laughs> I have a serious. He really doesn't bother me. That's oh, it is terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Can like some out of Teenage Mutant Ninja oh, Turtles. It is so bad. It is cheesier. It does look like that shark right? from it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It is cheesier than than Cad Bane's coat. I mean, really, uh. it is so bad. Um, <laughs> and along those lines, the aquatic species. I cannot deal with Lee Char. So wimpy. Uh, I, the whole arc is so bad. He united two people. Such and a overthrew wimp, his dude. usurpers. Like, such what? Oh, a give wimp, me a dude. break. A all wimp. of them. All of them. <laughs> a Get wimp. A, he, he broke his people out of prison. No Isn't more he like a Mon teenager. Kala. Yeah, he's yes. little, isn't he like a teenager? Yes. He's an annoying he's little teenager. And he won. <laughs> Cannot deal with Lee Char. Uh, I, Lux Bonteri is another character that I just cannot deal with. He made a bad decision. <laughs> you guys can't see this. Kyle's furious with me right now. I cannot deal with Lux. Anytime Lux is on screen, I walk away and I go make popcorn or something. I got to walk away when Lux is on screen. And then lastly, the one that uh, I thought that I would get flack, I didn't think I would get flack for Rift Tamsin, uh, is Savage Opress. I don't like the character of Savage. I don't like the voice actor. Um, there, I don't. I just can't. I can't fathom that there would be that Maul would have a brother who was also force sensitive that we didn't know about. How come Palpatine didn't know about his brother? I have a question about that. I they call. So there's the Knight sisters and the Knight brothers. Right. I don't know that they're brothers like genetically. They're just of so the same. They all call each other brother. But I am. I, that's my like take. That's my hot take. Yeah. I don't know if that's like canon. That's. I think they all the Knight sisters all call each other sister. I think the brothers all call each other brother. Yeah. I don't know. That they're actually like gen- genetically linked, but I am on record as saying Savage Press is like the laziest, dumbest name in, <laughs> in the Star Wars. It's so a, bad. A bad name. So a bad name. Uh, once again, I can go on and on, but those are definitely the first few that come to mind as far as least. I did not like zero. I could not <laughs> zero, zero the hut. Uh, oh, zero's Lord. terrible. It's all so the huts are terrible. All the huts. Whatever. He's got that gross voice. Him. Yeah, the dog like the yeah. No, so I couldn't bad. do it. And then um, sick. Right. And then uh, Meber Meber Gascon. Do you remember Meber Gascon? No. He's the little tiny bug general that gets trapped on the planet with the droids. He's he was a, like so oh, over dramatic. Yes. About yes. <laughs> that was I in the Lost not, Missions, right? Yes. Oh, it that was, was um, oh, the RCD2 mission. Yeah. Yeah. He is the so dro- annoying. He's the leader of D Squad, baby. Yeah, they get stuck on the planet and they can't get off. And he's terrible. Because he doesn't like he's he doesn't turd. like droids, I don't think. But no, yeah, I, he's I very anti He's very like whatever anti-Semitic is for droids. He's anti-droidetic. <laughs> he's he's like Mace. Bad. He's like Mace Windu early on in the Clone Wars. Could before not. Two saves him. 
I could not get behind those two characters. You know at what, all. dude? I, I'm so happy you brought up Mieber because I can't stand Mieber either. That <laughs> I'm was not <laughs> so bad. That was I hate that. I hate that. Uh, that's episode. probably one of most. I'm I'm gonna go on a limb here. I'm gonna say that's probably one of most people's least favorite episodes of Clone Wars because it just <laughs> it served no purpose. I don't think no. it, it, it was like, like episode record. five in Mandalorian for me. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, well, Kyle, yeah. what about you? I think that's a good answer. I really don't like him. But that's a good one. <laughs> uh, there's also okay. So when when Obi Wan goes undercover in the prison, you know, and they he eats the voice changer droid, oh, and they do the search to make him look like the ba- bounty hunter. So he goes in, and they and Cad Bane and Obi Wan disguised as this bounty hunter rescue another guy who's like really squat and he's got like a long gross and like gonzo nose and he ends up taking them to that cube that he designed to make them compete against each other to find like the toughest bounty hunters for the job uh but he was like such a turd and he was like (laughs) so he's like chicken shit and i didn't i didn't like him like (laughs) what was his name what was his name i can't remember it Oh, I can't remember because uh, Obi's name was uh, Rako Hardeen, which is a name yep. that uh, is really impressive name, and it's a name that that's I've, a good name. That's yeah. way better than good Savage Opress because he's <laughs> savage. Like, give me a friggin' break, right. guys. Right. Rako was like, write this name down. We'll figure out something. Savage <laughs> Opress. We'll never put that in. We'll we'll, we'll figure something out later. <laughs> oh wait, are you talking? Wait, are you talking about the inspector guy? Is that am I getting this mixed up that that like mm-hmm. very nasally nerdy 1950s looney tunes inspector guy No that's the, that's no. the guy That's Tan uh, Tan uh, Tan something He was, he was in, yeah he was investigating that murder of the one Rodian senator right that's that right. guy that, I'm getting yeah, it mixed no, up I'm him. getting the mixed not up him. right now Yeah he that guy was annoying cuz he was like the train conductor from Looney Tunes <laughs> the bug eyes and the weird delivery he's like a newsboy from the 1950s or something <laughs> um, I'm pretty good at names and the I can't come up with this but like that just goes to show you there are a yes. lot there's a th- yes. there's got to be at least a thousand speaking there, parts. Oh, I think that's lowball. There yeah. are so many. Yeah. No, it's crazy. So, any other uh, least favorite before we blow this thing and get out of here? I will say my, and this is like, um, as someone who's watched the Clone Wars many times, this is more of like a tip. But I am annoyed that they released, um, they released it in, in this weird miss not continue order um i know the idea was that it was like kind of a serial and you can just watch the episodes which you you can but Mm -hmm. if you watch them in chronological order it is a much more satisfying experience uh, because release order is not chronological order a lot of them are pretty close but there are some spots where it is like very clearly doesn't make sense um, as far as continuity. No, I agree with you. That was one of my biggest gripes about watching it live. And that's why, um, I wasn't a huge follower of it when it was live because I was like, Oh, I, I could, I can miss a week. I could skip a week and just catch up later. Um, so mm-hmm. thank you to every, everybody who ever put together a list to put it in chronological order. When those came Star out, the internet, actually did it. 
It's right That's on right. there. If you That's right. Look it up. And then Disney Plus, for anyone that, because we have three sleeps until February 21st, uh, mm-hmm. they put out on Disney Plus the 20 essential episodes of The Clone Wars, which thank, uh, thank Jonah Marie, my friend Jonah Marie, who you can get her at Blue Jag Eyes on uh, Twitter. She is one of the big Ahsoka proponents. She sets up all the Ahsoka Day at Celebration. She actually uh, was interviewed uh, by some article and was like, yeah, this is the 20 essential episodes. And then Disney Plus actually ran with it and it's now on Disney Plus's home screen. Um, so kudos nice. to Jonah Marie. Yeah. Um, super cool. So, all right, guys, <laughs> if there's nothing, look yeah, look at it. It's really cool. Um, and I think Moralo Eval is the name of that guy. Wait a second before we blow this thing again. <laughs> Moralo Eval. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, I'll look at that as this outro. Oh, yeah, I watched a lot of Clone Wars and I thought about that really hard. I think it's Moralo Eval. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with that, let's blow this thing. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. I got a really good feeling about this. Right. Well, the Moralo Evol and Rush Clovis supercast <laughs> is now complete. It slipped it in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Guys, we can talk about the Clone Wars forever. I have not scratched the surface no. of the things I want to say about it's the Clone so Wars. Deep. We haven't, and we're two hours in. This is wild. Yeah. And so, we're missing a couple hosts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, so as we already mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to do weekly recaps of the Clone Wars episodes starting uh, this next weekend after the first premiere episode of season seven. That'll leave us, I don't know, 12 episodes to cover the remainder of Clone Wars. And maybe we'll fit in a nugget here or there uh, kind of going over but more. up of what we want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's going to be lore and and things that are going to hit on season seven that we're going to want to reference all these things that we appreciate about the previous uh, six seasons. So, um, if you are out there listening and you have uh, favorite, least favorite Clone Wars characters, please hit us up on social media. Let us know what your thoughts are. What are your favorite arcs? You can hit us up at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, hey, this is the week to celebrate Clone Wars, y'all. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's post all the the memes, the gifs, and all, you know <laughs> all the fan art. I would love to see it. I'm gonna be rocking Clone Wars stuff all week. Um, thankfully, I have a cool collection of uh, clothes. That I'm going to be able to rotate out until the premiere. So um, I'm going to be watching at home from my couch uh, by myself. Are you guys planning a Clone Wars watch party at all? Or Yeah, me and my dog. We'll be here watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just watching on the couch. Yeah, I know some people do the watch parties yeah. and, and that type of stuff. So that, that should be fun. If you guys are having a watch party, send us a video. Let us know uh, what it's like uh, at your party. So with that, um, man. We covered a lot today. I'm yeah. exhausted. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I would just say we're we're looking at doing another episode here down the road with merch and oh, yeah, talking yeah. pins and shirts and clothes. If anybody out there has specific vendors, small businesses that you guys hit up regularly for merch, we would love to promote them on a show. Check them out. Everybody knows you can't be showing up at Celebration wearing the same merch that you wore to the Celebration last year. So send those send those vendors out. 
That way we can get the ball rolling, hit them up. Um, but let us know, and we'll feature them on a show here coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. We'll so. probably buy something, knowing yeah. the people I know oh, involved totally. around here, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so this is definitely something we want to do to celebrate the makers and the Star Wars community. Uh, we've been talking about doing that episode for a minute. So, yeah, give us uh, give us those recommendations. I just found, actually, I just found a really cool company called Nerd Matters. Um, you can find them on Instagram and Twitter. They have some really cool pins. So, Star Wars related. And they do some other goofy stuff too, but Nerd Matters, I'm going to be ordering some stuff from. Man, my jacket at Celebration is going to be heavy. Uh, mm. A lot of pins. <laughs> All the pins. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of pins. And I'm going to, I'm going to Disney in 10 days. No, the pins. And, uh, Disney's got a ton of pins. It's going to be nuts. So, um, all right, listen, everybody. Hopefully, you've enjoyed today's episode. We've definitely covered a lot of ground with the Clone Wars. Hit us up. Let us know what's going on. If you want to yell at me about my um, my Rift Hampson opinions, you can hit me up on Twitter at No One Is Chris. Where can they find you guys? I'm Justin. You can find me at I Am The Bendu on Twitter. Uh, this is Kyle, and I am at KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So, Clone Wars saved. Hashtag Clone Wars saved. We're excited about this. Man, just a few days, guys. I'm ready. Hey, if you're still listening right now, thank you so much. Um, If you could subscribe to us, and if you have a chance to write us a little comment, um, a review on wherever you listen to your podcast, that would really, really, really help us out. Um, Whenever you have a chance. doesn't have to be long. Just something preferably nice. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for putting that out there. Yeah, how yeah. are we doing, guys? You you like what we're doing? You like the formats? Yeah, it's, it's important to get feedback. Tell so. us what you think. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. All right, y'all. Well, until next time, enjoy the Clone Wars. Hang out with your Star Wars friends. Have some positive conversations. Don't let the drama beat you. Uh, this is all about fun, and uh, that's what we celebrate here on Star Wars Friends. So until next time, may the Force be with you. Always. Always. Later, y'all. Yeah, man, curate that feed. hey friends don't forget to subscribe to the star wars friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on catch up on past episodes fun interviews and more at starwarsfriends.com connect with the star wars friends on social media at sw friends show on twitter instagram and facebook email the show at show at starwarsfriends.com Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you. Yeah.